0: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network.
1: This is All Things Elite. Come back to All Things Elite Load up the pod, man, the song when we speak Rich right here, let me warm it up for Austin and Floyd Couldn't be no one but the boys When it come to All Things Elite from the fan perspective Swear man, it ain't no question Hear from them first Swear man, they putting in the work, no they had to get me for the verse Social suplex, network zone I was at a time in your headphones Austin and Floyd on the microphone Backing out on the red, getting in the zone oh up the show give it seven stars you already know who else could it be but the show with the proclivity for a positiv I'm gone hey everybody this is Floyd from all things elite the next couple episodes, there's a little numbering issues because we actually thought we lost, uh, lost the episode. Austin's going to announce this episode as episode 209, it is actually 210, and then episode 210 is actually 211. Just kind of want to give you an update. Also on this episode, at the end, it ended abruptly because we had a power outage during the show, so... You might hear us end in the thought and then I will do my sign-off. I appreciate you all for supporting the show and listening. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, as always, whether it's home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 209th episode of Social Suplexes Podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite my name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of this lovely show. And joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Mr. Floyd Johnson Jr. How are you doing, my
1: man? I am doing great. Um just watched some NFL football. We're not gonna go a lot into it, but uh Why my, would we? my sister the and the Commanders. Why my sister we? is a really big Bears fan. Really big Bears fan, and they have sucked. They have won 14 games lost 14 games in a row. So I want to give a shout out to my sister Michelle. I am happy she actually enjoys uh, get to watch football. My friend is Isaiah is from Chicago, so he roots for the Bears. And he was like, "Oh, um, it's time to watch football." I was like, "Is that what you call what y'all do?" Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, you know. And then they go come out and kick ass. Justin Fields and DJ Moore again. Not a football podcast. We'll, we, I believe that's going to happen one day, but this is not the football yeah. podcast. I think we're gonna do all things football, and then we can cover uh, English Premier League and the NFL. There and you go. College. Yeah, there you go. Because it'll be all the footballs. But for now, it's just all things elite. And I'll do. It. It's been a great week. I had so much wrestling this weekend. I I I'd say borderline too much.
0: Oh, we always say
1: that. I feel like like nowadays. borderline too much because it was like SmackDown Rampage on Friday. So that's three hours of wrestling. Yeah. Saturday, you had uh, it was NXT for three hours, and then you had Collision for two hours. Then Sunday, you then had um, Wrestle Dream, which we're about to review shortly. And then Monday, you go back to three hours more Raw. Then Tuesday, you get two hours NXT. It's a lot. It's a lot.
0: It's it's a lot, yeah. No, yeah. my week has been solid. And shout-out to Bears fans. Y'all Y'all have some hope for once in your life. But remember who runs this division is your Detroit Lions. Just make sure you remember that. But, yeah, no, it's been a great week, obviously, coming off the heels of WrestleDream, a crazy good show. People are still talking about that closing moment of that show. And, oh, man, there's so much excitement going into AEW and pro wrestling, for that matter. So we've got a lot to talk about. Before we get into everything, though, we want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. And also be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode of All Things Elite and leave a rating and a review. It helps out the show tremendously. And the easiest way for you guys to support us, if you don't want to go through all that sh- stuff, is if you follow us on social media. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. You can also follow at Social Suplex who make this show possible. Check out all the other shows they have on their network. You won't be disappointed. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Before we get into the show, too, I will mention, too, uh, this past Friday, uh, Ed Sheeran dropped a brand new album, Autumn Variations. It is a required listen if you listen to this podcast and you are at all an enjoyer of the content that I put out or the content that Floyd puts out for me. Listen to the new Ed Sheeran album. You will not be disappointed. I must say, the man gave me a guitar, so honestly, you have a right to do so. So, frankly, if you if you don't do it, you're just hurting my feelings. But <laughs> regardless, uh, big news of the week obviously is the huge uh, performance of Wrestle Dream that AEW had. The first ever Wrestle Dream, uh, loved. First of all, I want to say uh, just getting into the show overview, uh, the nods to Antonio Noki and how they made a big tribute and just. Just the intro video where they had Inoki plastered everywhere was super cool. Um, Tony Khan, when he came to the presser after the show, had the red towel around his neck and all that kind of stuff. So it was just it was a nice way of them just kind of like you know tying it together of the Wrestle Dream name, and you know they didn't batter you over the head with it, but at the same time you could tell that they had a genuine care of like you know honoring one of the absolute greats in professional wrestling. So I thought that was. Um, It really tied the show together, giving it a a good feel and
1: making it feel different compared to all the other AEW
0: pay-per-views that we have.
1: Anoki was the first Japanese wrestling name I knew, like, Mm -hmm. when I was young. I'm like, I didn't, like, I don't know if I really, I may have seen him in WCW a couple times, but I can't say I've seen him wrestle a lot, but, uh... He was always the name. It was like it was like Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, that kind of stuff. He was just the name you knew, and so uh, yeah. The, the, the fact that they uh, honored someone that you know never worked for their company, you know that kind of thing. It's always AEW is always trying to do stuff differently. <coughs> I thought that was I, th- I always th- I thought that was really cool. You know, adding yeah. another pay per view was not really cool. That was not really cool. <laughs> yeah you know yeah you know like, like dude, i was uh i was super wrong on know uh, what era we're gonna be in and we're gonna talk about that and i was like i think it was more wishful thinking because i'm like damn fifty dollars every time every time <laughs> yeah keep, for real four times that... a year wasn't bad but oh no yeah, yeah exactly yeah.
0: yeah no and that's the thing it just keeps pushing us all the way To wanting, you know, it being put on Max, which I know the rumors have consistently led towards of them putting on an HBO Max slash Max. Um, We need that more than ever with the amount of shows that they've been announcing. So listen, just get that streaming service ready to go and then we will be all set Dude, you know it's, I, it's
1: getting rough out here. You know how much I love CM Punk, but you're like, okay, we can sign CM Punk back or we can have all pay-per-views on Max. I'm like, I'm taking the pay-per-views on Max. I,
0: I would know. agree on that, absolutely, because at this point right now, like it's just, I, I love the man, but you were asking for a bee's nest to be just kicked. Yes,
1: yeah, so no, no. It's uh, like, give me give me the pay-per-views on Max all day, but uh Yeah.
0: Yeah now let's go ahead and like you know we were just talking about wrestle dream let's go ahead and get into wrestle dream um real quick uh we will go through uh mainly everything that we got from uh zero hour which was fine but mostly you know it was a it was a zero hour as as you could get with just you know matches that not a lot of them had much going for them except for one uh the eight the eight-person mixed tag match between Diamante, Lee Moriarty, Mercedes Martinez, and Shane Taylor versus Athena, Billy Starks, Keith Lee, and Satoshi Kojima. This was a match where they just put as many people into the ring as possible. Like, Keith Lee teaming with Athena is weird. I just didn't understand. And Kojima's just there. I love kojima son, But it was very weird just seeing him on this team that was just like, you, you're sticking out like a sore thumb. Um, but they did a good job. But, I mean... There was really no reason to care about this match, but it was at least a good uh, to get some faces that people like, especially Athena, Keith Lee, Kojima, uh, and then uh, Billy Starks, who is officially signed as well. Congrats to Billy Starks for officially being all elite. So I had to make sure we mentioned that as well. The match itself was fine.
1: She deserves her banner. Where's her banner?
0: Yeah. No, for real. When are we going to get the official banner? Because we haven't gotten that yet.
1: Yes, uh, but uh, no, I'm very happy. I, I, it's one of those ones. Now I remember there was one a uh, run wrestler, and they like, oh, he's all elite, and I just like, I had just this, he was on TV like every week. I was like, I assume you are, you guys. I always assumed you were all elite, so it's kind of cool that uh that got announced. But yeah, it's like with somebody like that with somebody like so new. Her, her, her and uh, Nick are about the same age. You go ahead and announce both of them just so, you know, this is the future. It's right here.
0: It is, yeah, for real. Uh, we then had uh, Claudio Castagnoli versus Josh Marnett. Here's the thing. The only, only thing I had to say about this match because uh, Claudio got the, the victory. Um, <clears throat> oh, and then, by the way, uh, the, the uh, he, uh, Kojima-san was able to get the pinfall victory for his team uh, in the last match, if you of the result of that. But in the Claudio versus Barnett match, Claudio got the win. But here's the deal. This gave us the blessing of my brand new, all-time favorite commentator in the history of professional wrestling, which is a high bar for me, Jon Moxley. This man is psychotic. And having him on commentary is one of the... I never... Asked for this? I never knew I wanted this, but now that I have it, I want it every single week. This dude is ridiculous, swearing up a storm, going fucking bananas about wanting uh, Claudio to kill Barnett. All this kind of stuff. It was the best part of the match, honestly. Like I, I, can't even remember too much about the match. Which again, it was, it was a solid match. Like these guys are both outstanding workers, um, but. I cannot get over Moxley on commentator. He absolutely swallowed this match whole and made it all about himself.
1: Yeah, uh, I you know I honestly think he did a really good job of just in the, enhancing the people in the ring, talking good about them, what they oh, do yeah. well. It was like it, it was... wasn't
0: even just him swearing up a storm and screaming like a maniac. He was genuinely doing commentating stuff of getting the people in the ring over, yeah. making sure you like build their characters like it's what you do as a commentator you you set the scene for people and you basically provide the dialogue over this match which is mostly told through physical
1: violence like he set the tone he was describing and I don't remember what move it is sometimes my attention to detail is not the greatest but he was describing why the move hurt and I was like oh you know you know we've been watching wrestling forever right but to someone that is new fairly new it it helps with the color of wrestling because you have to get lost in it. And wrestling, I always say your suspension of disbelief is the most important thing in the world to you. If you can't suspend your disbelief, don't watch wrestling pretty much. Right. And, and, and like, so he helped with your suspension of disbelief because he was describing how some move that honestly looked kind of ridiculous, why it hurt. And I was just like... I thought that was a great point, but he did it in his Mox way. Some people, it's like you know how people, are, you know, like, do you have it? Do you have some. Some people have things you can't teach. Mox has a voice and a way of talking that just engages you, and you can't really teach that. That's just who he is.
0: Oh yeah, no, he's just like again, a same sort of way of Eddie Kingston. Like both of them, just like have a way of just talking that's like you it immediately grabs your attention and they feel so real it's like like again it's like these guys you never told these guys that wrestling is fake so i got to say that but then we had uh luchasaurus versus nick wayne who nick wayne put up a bit of a fight but luchasaurus proceeded to basically knock him out cold and put him on the back of his head and luchasaurus got the victory over nick wayne uh, which would basically set up for later in the uh, in the show, uh, which we'll get into. But I, I just uh,
1: assumed the head trauma that Nick Wayne. It's the only thing I can explain, dude. Caused, it's the only thing that explains it. what happened later.
0: Yeah, it's the only. It's genuinely the only thing that explains what the fuck, because I just can't understand. Uh, and then finally, uh, World Trios uh, Championship match between the acclaimed and TMDK. It's very cool to see the other members of TMDK on this ma- on this card, considering Zack Saber Junior's uh, prominence on this match. And it was fine. It's fine. It's it feels like as of lately, right now, the acclaimed are in Daddy Ass uh, for their trio titles. They don't really have any other trios they can go up against. So because the 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 Young Bucks and Hangman are off doing their own thing uh the house of black we haven't really seen them a yeah, ton yeah if,
1: if you watched his twitter he's dealing with like a hamstring calf a, a i was ham- gonna say he was dealing with some
0: sort of injury yeah Yeah. so, uh, so there's really no trios and, and, right and now if you look at brody's hand it's broken oh no he has yeah it's literally it's taped up and all that yeah, like yeah he's got a brace i'm pretty sure uh so there's really no trios for these guys to defend their titles against so we're kind of just sitting here being like well, we got to wait till we see who actually can attack. Uh, try to go after those trios titles because the Acclaimed and Daddy ads are kind of just holding those belts waiting for challengers. So, But moving on to the main card, we open up the show with the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship match being defended in a two-on-one handicap match between the Righteous and representing better than you, Bebe, the AEW World Champion MJF. When MJF also just came out and proceeded to call, like, cut a big ass promo before the match even started, basically saying someone stole my my mask out of my bag, saying again it wasn't me that wore the mask, and jumps Jay White and Adam Cole's hurt and he can't be here, so it's all good. I'm going to bring these world titles back to him and they're gonna be waiting for him, and he's he immediately is saying Dutch, I'm hitting you with a body slam and Vincent. I'm going to grab you by your dirty dreads and shove you up Dutch's ass. So what you are seeing right now is MJF planting the seed uh, for this match that he would later have blossom into wonderful moments. And that's the biggest thing with this match was the fact that MJF proceeded to, he's been priding himself on, you know, he's the guy. And you go back to his infamous pipe bomb promo from a, from a couple years ago where he said, I don't got to do a bunch of bullshit to make you feel, uh, when it comes to my wrestling style, he can get a headlock takeover over. He can get a kangaroo kick over. He can get a double clothesline over and he can get over just a basic body slam over the getting shoving somebody's head up their ass like that. Trust me, that was going to get over no matter who did it. Uh, but Max was absolutely great in this match. Um, and the, Righteous was definitely getting some uh, momentum, beating him down. Uh, I especially loved, I'm pretty sure uh, Vincent at one point did the Adam Cole Bay at one point. Uh, but despite that all, MJF is able to continue to fight back and at jo- dodging a senton and then proceeding to bite on Vincent's head and goes over to Dutch, body slam sandwich gets a huge pop and then uh, he takes Vincent, shoves his head into Dutch's ass Hits a double kangaroo kick, proceeds to hit the heat seeker on Dutch, and then moves his feet onto the top of the ropes, basically getting the leverage pin, and cheats to win to retain the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles for him and Adam Cole, Um Now, Floyd, I know, has an opinion yeah. on this. Hey, uh,
1: I was going to say, hey, boss, am I allowed to say that I don't like this? Yes, I there to- you go. Because I, I, I didn't. I like... At a, a show that was banger after banger after banger after banger, the bangers didn't start here. <coughs> uh, it happened. The match happened. It looked like the crowd was really into it. Blah blah. It's great. It's not really what I want to see MJF doing as the world champion of AEW. It's also not. Uh, it's not what I want to see happen to the Righteous after you spend several weeks building them up, like they're going to be a real challenger. And then they lose a handicap match to a regular sized dude, and it's just like, like I, you know, I don't know what truly buried is. I don't know. Like again, I'm not in the industry, so but I can use that word. It's just like, it feels like everything you did to build up to this was a waste. You did not help the righteous in any way. You only hurt them and made them look like a joke. And I feel like this is too, like this and all in, you had two legit tag teams, Aussie Open and The, the Righteous, that you have done all this to get over, did all this to build up is a serious tag team, and they lose to the comedy bullshit, and it annoyed me.
0: All I would say in the matter is, like I said, the the very least they did to protect The Righteous was to have MJF cheat to win, which was their very little thing they did. Honestly, the Aussie Open one was the one that I was kind of like, all right, because Aussie Open is so fucking good uh, that I think AEW needs to really try to strap something on these guys and just yeah. make them get a, a legit push for a tag team title shot in right. AEW. Because if you have them, you should use them.
1: So uh, I, I'd heard rumors that Tony Khan was high on the righteous. This is not what you do to the team that you're high on, quote unquote right yeah that's what uh, i'm like it's just like they came out looking like a joke it's like how do i take them serious in the next few weeks as a team or as anything
0: like i i would say like i said um because again the the ring of honor world tag team titles it's a good story at least on that matter but uh it really just depends on like because like i said if if the way that they're setting it up, and because Adam Cole's uh, gone on Twitch saying his leg- his, his injury is legit, and he's getting surgery and all that kind of stuff and all these types of things, Brick Baker said the same as well, and they're really trying to make, like, they're pushing the idea that this injury is a shoot and it's not a work. Um, which, if that's the case, I don't think Adam Cole losing the Ring of Honor World tag team titles by himself to a genuinely solid tag team like The Righteous is going to be a big deal because he's still the AEW world champion. He's still probably the most over guy on the fucking company's, like on the company's books. So this only leads me to believe that the injury with Adam Cole is a work. So that's, that's how I feel on that matter. Because if it's not, then why does Adam, why does MJF still need to be one half of the ring of honor world tag team titles? I'm sorry. It's, Because he's not on Ring of Honor doing anything with it. That's my thing. At the end of the day, if you're a Ring of Honor champion, I want you to be doing stuff on Ring of Honor. Because you're the champion of... You're a champion of that company. I don't care if it's owned by the same person. Like, NXT people, they defend their stuff on NXT. They don't always just show up on WWE and then never show up on NXT. Unless, of course, you're going to just call a main roster guy down there and just have them win one of your main titles. Especially for a guy who is over like trick Williams and loses the North American title after three days. Bullshit. Sorry. had to get that out of the way. Yep. Uh, justice for my boy whooped that trick. Uh, but yeah no so like again I get why you're bummed out about this and again it's just because I feel like we're so high on tag team wrestling that you know Oh god I again yeah. we, we want yeah. tag team championships in any company to be treated with respect. Yes
1: and, and again, yeah this was not When you when a,
0: when a when a man defends a tag title by himself against a legitimate tag team it's always going to cause room for Yeah I mean if this was like set
1: If this was like Will Hobbs or Wardlow or, you know, shit, Lance Archer, any of the Giants, it makes sense. Big guys are supposed to be able to be so tough they fight two men. But this is like a dude that's literally smaller than both of the other guys on the team. And he's like, oh, he cheated. And just like, dude, just literally just jump him and end this match. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, I don't know. It's just. I, I don't know. I think there were there are things that you could do to save them, and but I don't think you did any of them. And it was like him cheating. Was like ah, whatever. It's, I don't know. Again, I didn't. Have, I, 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 didn't I, wasn't I will say this about it. No, I have spent way too much time talking about this match. This goes against. I'm going to focus on what I like. I didn't like this. It, it, it was for someone. The crowd fucking loved it. The crowd was into everything. It, Shout out when to he Bobby when he body slammed, it was like oh my god so no I'm gonna focus on that part I personally as a tag team guy I just could not see doing that to the righteous maybe they loved it maybe they were like man this was so entertaining I don't know I personally as someone wasn't for me
0: all I know is that MJF wore Seattle Sounders uh, elbow pad and that popped me because
1: fuck the Oklahoma City Thunder who who's the Seattle Sounders?
0: Seattle Sounders is a former NBA team that uh, no. No, you mean Sonics. Sonics, Supersonics, yeah. The yeah Sounders like, is the, that's the MLS team. I was
1: like, who the hell's the Sounders? Sorry, uh, I,
0: I was watching soccer earlier. It's and, uh, literally, I had
1: soccer on the brain. No, Supersonics, yeah. Uh, uh, sir, uh, sir, they were offered opportunity to build a new stadium. They said no. They didn't. Seattle did not leave them. They told Seattle they didn't want them anymore.
0: Well, again, you get into you get into, see here's the deal. Yeah. I'm a sports guy. You get into the concept of building stadiums in certain towns. Hey,
1: be, yeah, and you come on the, the, home. The, the,
0: these, hey. these are not these are not city friendly deals. I would
1: yeah. say. we renovated we renovated our arena for the Thunder, and now they're like, hey, we need a bigger arena. Guess what? Passed. Let's go. Let's build up another stadium because you know what? We want a basketball team. Seattle did not. Mm, I don't know about yeah, that. I, I'm just saying. Hey, hey, we gave we're we're giving them what they asked for. One team didn't see. We just hey, you know, you know. We, we he did. You they came, just, they came sure, here and sir, got
0: sure. Sure, in terms of the stadium, in terms of the actual product, how much talent did you have, and you didn't win a championship. So
1: I mean that's true, but it ain't like Seattle was knocking down championships either before.
0: Well, oh, at
1: the time. Yeah, I mean, sure I mean they, they had Gary Payton and Sean Kemp and no titles. So this is just kind of like sticking with the franchise's history, right?
0: All right, well, <laughs> we're going to move on for this right now. And literally, I said Sounders just because I just was literally watching uh, soccer a little while ago. So that's on me. But uh, moving on, the Ring of Honor World and New Japan Strong Openweight Championships were both up for grabs as Eddie Kingston defended both of his titles against the Ring of Honor pure champion Katsuyori Shibata. Uh, now, considering, first of all, I never got to talk about Eddie Kingston finally getting his really big singles moment in AEW at Grand Slam. Like, that was so fucking amazing. And like I said, the Claudio Kingston match was like, I was so glad that we finally got that. Um, I it, I felt like it could have been even better. Uh, but that's just me being nitpicky, I feel like. But it was already really good. Uh, but I was just so happy for Eddie. And now, of course, he goes up against a legend in Shibata. And these guys kicked the living fucking shit out of each other. Like, the kicks, the chops, the strikes. These guys really laid into each other. Was absolutely outstanding. Um, like, Moxley, I mean, sorry, uh, Kingston was literally getting his back, like, knees into his back at one point. But eventually, he's just spinning backfists constantly on this me- on these guys, and it didn't matter. He was just fighting and fighting and fighting, and eventually was able to hit a power bomb after a spinning backfist, and he retained both of his championships. And then these two men just showing respect after the match. Uh, this was a damn good match. Definitely, if. I know Floyd you picked up right after this even though you weren't a fan of uh, MJF's match you were right back on to- on on banger on board after
1: this. banger after banger yep. I mean this show was like I said it was the shames of shows cuz it was a bunch of bangers it and was. and this one just just hard hitting physical like uh, Eddie Kingston, the man of all people in the world, the man representing Ring of Honor is yeah. Eddie. I will fight anybody, Kingston, the crazy man. I, I don't fit into the world. I love it. And him and Shibata just I'm went out. I'm not a to,
0: technical wrestler. Yeah. I, kill, I kill people basically.
1: We him and Shibata like like they were beating the crap out of each other. It's like these are the moments where it's like. Your suspension of disbelief is perfectly intact in this whole match <laughs> because oh, they yeah. knock the crap out of each other, and, and then the spinning back fist, boom, boom, just all, every time, and then he finishes them off with a power bomb. Oh God, I love this match. I love, I, I love Shibata. I've been a Shibata fan forever, and you know he almost tried to put him to sleep in the match. It was just like, dude, they, you know, they understand it. This is the, Kingston's perfect spot. He he, 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 you put him on first or second, and I don't know if the crowd is, if the crowd is dead happy wherever they are. Eddie's going to get your crowd into it, because that's the only type of match he knows how to tell. Every exactly. time he gets in there, it's entertaining. And yeah, it was great. And then I saw their match to show respect. He's like, Shibata staying there and cheering. And Shibata's like, I lost. I shouldn't stay in here and cheer. I should leave. He's just uncomfortable. He's just like, I just want to wrestle and I want to go home. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's the wrestler. I just want to wrestle and go home. I don't need no bows or anything. Shibata's like, take a bow. And he's like, I mean, uh, I mean Kingston's sure, like, take a bow. And he's like, I don't know, and he just kind of awkwardly waves, and then he like, <laughs> and it was like, I and love King's it.
0: Just like let this man hear it.
1: Yes, yes, it was. It's so, it's so respectful, and I can't wait for I can't wait for a wrestler to use all of this against Eddie Kingston. Oh, for real! This Boy. is it's coming. I don't know who it's gonna be, but someone's gonna use all of this crap against Eddie Kingston.
0: Exactly. So just just you wait. Just you wait. Uh, moving on, the TBS Championship was defended as Chris Statlander took on Julia Hart. Um, this was probably because mm, I'd have to decide if I like this match more than the the uh, Jade Cargill match. Because I think this might be Ju- uh, Chris Statlander's best title defense. I think because Julia Hart is getting mega, mega pushes, uh, getting a mega push right now in terms of just like really just trying to get her use, uh, usage. Um, of course, she she wouldn't get the win at the end of the day, but she, I, I love the way that they're showcasing her. I love the way that she's just, you know, really representing the House of Black. And also, you're just seeing her effect as well. And we'll talk about it a little bit on Dynamite. But the her effect that she has with that mist is just so, it's so cool, the way that she's just kind of like, you know, slowly infecting the women's division uh, bit by bit to the point where you almost think that, Maybe she could build her own mini-faction inside of the House of Black of nothing but just badass girls. Um, but at the end of the day, these girls, like, did some damn good work in this match. Um, Chris, at one point, when Brody King distracts her, like, her legs get taken out and she just f- takes a fucking vicious bump. Uh, and there's some great work of Chris just using her strength in this match. Um at one point, Julie is trying to spray the mist, but Chris basically slaps her, and then it goes right out of her mouth. Um, as she goes up there uh, to the top rope, Julia Hart comes up and then hits a spider German suplex and then connects with a moonsault, uh, but just barely Chris Statlander gets her foot on the ropes. Uh, and then afterwards, Julia Hart gets the heartless submission, but then Chris is able to take her, pick her up, Get her with the Sunday Night Fever uh, after, I think, yeah, she hit a tombstone and then the Sunday Night Fever, and then she gets the victory over Julia Hart. Uh, Like I said, this was really good. Uh, Considering this was the only uh, women's match on the main card, uh, they did a damn good job. um, And I do like at least, like I said, Floyd's not a huge fan of Chris Atlander. I am, and I think she's doing a damn good job with the TBS Championship, even though they haven't given her a ton of mega opponents for her to go up against Julia Hart. Like I said, she, going from beating Jade Cargill, being her last match in AEW, and then going down to beating Julia Hart like this, Chris is getting some legit, like, like big wins. So I like how they're really, like, utilizing her with the TBS championship. And it's not like she's not having tough times beating these people. So um, I think Julia Hart is somebody to definitely keep looking out for because, I, like I said, she's slowly infecting the entire women's division. I think it was only a matter of time before she really gets her big moment Uh but Chris got a big win. Uh, I thought this match was really good.
1: Oh, no. I, it's not that I, like Chris Dallander's great worker. She's, you know, a great worker. I'm just not super fan of whatever her character is, which I really don't know what it is. She's just a good wrestler right now. And uh, that's great and i thought this was a really fun match i even said uh, like i said it was a banger fest and i thought this was the one of the definitely the best i've seen julia look It was either this match or the jade match on rampage which is my favorite Christine lander match she just looks like a badass and i just love how tombstone then she Uh, then she put her uh, legs around it and then hits her finisher and it was just done it was just a dominating victory, they're building Chris Statlander as a dominating champ she's beating everybody and she's not just beating them, she's beating them convincingly I am, yeah, I am all about Chris Statlander right now. As far as the champion, I think she's doing a good job for the TBS title, especially when you think about her predecessor as the TBS champion and chip and what she did for it. You really need Chris to establish Chris as just just a badass, more than a woman, you know, all that stuff. And I think this match did it, Julia future she is definitely a future champion future everything she's so young right now oh yeah yeah, so young so and
0: also too a big reason why she lost too is she's about to get married
1: yeah uh she's getting married um from what i understand friday the 13th uh because of course she is we're getting married to lee johnson which is awesome uh but yeah i just like i honestly thought it was kind of early for her to win anyway you know like I did not think they were going with Julia. I never, like, to be like, why to listen to the prediction show? I never thought they were going with Julia this early. I think uh, this is Chris. I think she, this title reign has much more legs, and I feel like it might end up being Julia, but I just feel like you wait a little bit before you get this, you get this, get done with this one.
0: Right. Uh, Moving on now, we had the AW tag team title number one contendership match in eight, man. it was in a uh, four team tag, uh, a four-team tag, a four-team four-way, basically. Uh, the Guns versus the Ring of Honor uh, six-man champions, the Young Bucks, well, one, two-thirds of them, at least. Uh, the Lucha Bros and Hook and Orange Cassidy. Um, I mean, you kind of, when you see this match on paper, you already know what you're going to get. Moves on top of moves, on top of moves, on top of moves. Uh, and, yeah, I thought this was match was a lot of fun. Uh, I thought, uh, the, uh, the performances by everybody was outstanding. Uh, I just gotta say, like I said, uh, I, I'm honestly looking at this more and more and I just can't believe how big the guns have gotten since like, you know, they first were, it's I, I always bring this up when they were in the pandemic era and they were just in the crowd, just chanting and holding up signs and doing a whole bunch of shit like that. I still can't, bl- I still remember when the guns were at that level. And now they're doing these big matches, and like I said, they've been outstanding. Um, Hook and Orange Cassidy was fun, I would say. They were a fun little tag team. But I felt like there wasn't even a ton of them playing off each other for the most part. Um, I did especially love the dueling Northern Lights suplexes between Hook and uh, Matt Jackson. Um, But again, a bit of a pet peeve of me when it comes to the Young Bucks stuff. Of course, you know... Uh, I'm all for like uh, storytelling with like injuries and all that kind of stuff. I'm all for that. I think it's great when you uh, utilize that. My biggest problem is that the Young Bucks bring that up and then do a whole bunch of moves that require them to use that injured body part, and they do it without any kind of problem or any kind of, you know, ah, this is causing me physical pain. So that's, my, that's one of the biggest things that I've always... I love the Young Bucks, but it's always been a major thing that's bugged me. So... I had I had to bring that up. But the Young Bucks got the win beating Penta uh, with the BTE trigger. So they are your number one contenders for the AW World Tag Team titles. So, hey, FTR, uh, we must dance this dance yet again. So uh, watch out for the Bucks yet again. And honestly, this is the point where they'll probably beat them, uh, if I had to guess.
1: This was the most disappointing finish of the night. Oh, it was. Why? I, said, I no, saw that no, and I'm just like, Ugh. Completely selfish reason. I said that I'm out and they pulled me back in. Yeah. I was like, I'm done traveling this year for wrestling. I'm done traveling this year for wrestling. I promise the next thing I might go to is WrestleMania. I'm done. I'm done. There is one now? match. One match that can literally get me to travel at any time. In this country, any day, one match, one on. It's when you take my two favorite tag teams and you put them in a match together. Yep. Well, so guess who's traveling? So in this fatal four way, I don't know if y'all recall on the rec- I said anybody but the Bucks. I didn't care anybody but the Bucks because I knew what the Bucks meant. I knew the bucks meant bucks and FTR in LA. I knew bucks and FTR at Full Gear. I knew what it meant, and it also meant I was traveling again this year. Yep, I'm watching the match. Come on, Lucha Rose. Come on, hey, oh, Orange, Orange, and uh, Hook. Yeah, let's do it. The Anybody. guns and the, 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 yeah, the guns. Oh, bang, bang. Yeah, guns up, baby. And then yeah, then they got the pin, and wow. It, it it is like I like exasperated, not because I don't like the Young Bucks. It's actually for the exact opposite reason, because I love them so much, and I know with I've always said with giving enough time, if you put Young Bucks and FTR in a tag match together, I don't care where it is, give me enough time and I will be there. Feel like a month, roughly two months. I feel like that's enough time. To make it to L.A. So, um, I'm not saying I'm going, but I'm definitely not as sure about not going as I was on Sunday about 7 o'clock. Yeah,
0: it seems like, yeah,
1: you're you're pulled back in. Yeah, so, um, no, I I really enjoyed this match. Uh, I have, like, four-way tags, three-way tags, all that kind of stuff I've never really been a fan of. I always think there's too many people, and you get lost in the shuffle, And then AEW came along. And I just think they do a really good job of organizing the match, letting everybody get shine, letting everybody look good. I thought this match looked really, really good. I thought this match was really fun, really entertaining. All the tag teams look strong. And just, like, the Young Bucks just got the last move. That is, like, like they survived. And, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Young Bucks number one contenders for your tag team titles. Yeah, I don't think that, I mean... I mean, we can, we'll have a long time to predict that, but I don't see them putting over FTR three times in a row. Maybe they do. <laughs> not it. it, it's maybe, not gonna maybe happen. Maybe they do it. <laughs> and you know, again, um, okay. And quite frankly, here, oh boy, I, do I do I want to go down this road? Do go, I want to go? Go road? go down the road, sir.
0: I don't want the Young Bucks as AEW World Tag Team Champions.
1: I kind of look at it as, like, and
0: I, because I say this as a guy who likes the Young Bucks a lot. I look at that as, like, a anybody but you. Like, I would like anybody other than the Young Bucks to hold the AEW Tag Team titles at this moment. Anybody but you. And it's, just a, and it's a mean thing to say. And call me a hater because I like CM Punk. It has nothing to do with that, first of all. It honestly has to come down to the fact that I feel like we've barely scratched the surface of some of AEW's best... Tag teams have a roster that is filled to the brim with outstanding tag teams. And if we go through the history of the AEW World Tag Team Champions, SCU is your first champions, Kenny Omega and Adam Page, FTR, the Young Bucks, the Lucha Bros, Jurassic Express, and then the Young Bucks again, and then Keith Lee and Swerve, Swerve in our glory, and then the Acclaimed, and then the Guns, and then FTR again. And then we're going to get uh, the Gunsy. I mean, then we're going to get the Young Bucks again. And I'm, I'm just looking at this, and I'm just being like, there's no other tag teams that we could possibly see? You weren't willing to give the AW World Tag Team titles to better than you, Bebe, but you're going to give them to the Bucks again? Best friends have been on this roster for since day one, and not once have they gotten close to winning the tag titles. I'm just like, Bullet Club Gold are hotter than hotter than shit right now. I can't see Jay White and Juice Robinson fight for a tag team title. I gotta see the Young Bucks again.
1: I mean. Aussie I Open, know. like we just talked about. They're <laughs> outstanding. They can't get close to that moment. Well, they got a title shot tonight. Um I will say this about it. I mean, we're talking about my two favorite tag teams, so I know. I'm not necessarily going to be I'm not going to be unbiased in this situation, but I personally thought a year run for FTR. I thought this would be a year run. I thought you know it started in I think March. I figured we'd get. Yeah, they
0: started. Yeah. They've they've held it for over a hundred. They've started since uh, April,
1: April. Yeah. 5th. So I thought uh, that we would get all the way to maybe double or nothing next year before we run back. Run back FTR and the Young Bucks. Uh, I mean, in which it's not 100% guaranteed we're getting that match. I mean, shit, the FTR could lose. You know, they could do something with the Young Bucks. We saw that where we thought Hangman was going to win the title at All Out that one year, and then they oh, rolled yeah, them off. So a lot of things can go wrong, but I don't know. I I think of... They think of them as this. I think of them as this. They're the midnight in a rock and roll express, right? Oh yeah. No, the there's Celtics. no question about that when they're, it comes to their rivalry No. Yeah, no they're question. the they're the Celtics and the Lakers, and it was like when I, you know, you know, they are um who who was changing it? Lakers and Celtics the last time. And when two teams are great, right? You don't wonder why other people don't get a chance in sports because those two teams should dominate. I never wondered why. Why is it always Tom Brady and Peyton Manning in the Why AMC is it Champions? always Golden State and the Cavs? Why is it always the Chiefs? No, they're the best. That's why they're always there. And so that's how I see it with FTR and the Bucks. They're the best. They're, that's why they're always there. And it's like, yeah. I'm like, uh, me? Shit. Put them in a parking lot in Reseda. I'm there paying my money to watch this show because they are the two best in the world at what they do. And I again, I am all about Aussie Open. I am all about Aussie Open. I, I I think the build to them getting this title shot should have could have been so much better. Don't get me wrong, I am all about Aussie Open. I I like the best friends. I figured at some point they would have got a, a title reign, like a New York title reign, and had it for a month or two. Don't they're, I mean, the best tag team in the division because. You know, this is the company that cares about tag. Best tag team division in the world, because this company cares about tag team wrestling, is in AEW. It's just when you have two kind of two alpha tag teams, it's like it's almost like I'm talking about tag teams, how they're booked. It's almost like having The rock and stone cold, right? Anytime you can get those two people together, you put them in the ring and let them do what they do better than anyone else in the world and i just think there's so much more layers to this rivalry we've only got the match three times right now i mean this is and this is my thing with this
0: right now because like we like we said this the last time these guys fought against each other and when they um when they fought it all in and then they made up to team together for one night at all out here's my thing i need this feud to be venom filled i need this feud to be dirty gross filled with vitriol i want these two teams to hate each other so much that they want to actively run each other
1: over with cars dude i i want the young bucks to say we ran off your friend i i want do them it. to do it I please i want them to make this like they've had the first match you know the first match was who's better right the second match was kind of thrown in there we we really didn't even see it coming you know it was thrown in there cuz i wasn't there uh, because, uh the yeah, third exactly. the third match we got the all in build in front of 80,000 people was amazing but we don't got piss and vinegar yet exactly we don't got two te- i don't feel we've been built to two teams that fucking hate each other
0: and that's if that's if you're doing midnight express in that kind of style uh, y-
1: yeah, I need you need these teams yeah, to hate each yeah, other. I need fucking hate each other. So one's gonna have to be the clear, like like when the first match, FTR were the clear heels. Uh, uh, Young Bucks were the cure, clear baby faces. The second match, uh, the Bucks were the clear baby faces. The FTR, I mean, uh, clear heels. FTR was the baby faces. The third one, they were kind of both in their tweener roles right then, because you know the Bucks really weren't you know, bad guys at that point. Now we're getting into this match. Somebody needs to be the good guy. Somebody needs to be the bad guy. Somebody has to jump somebody. Somebody has to hurt somebody. Somebody has to make you feel that this is going to be a rival. You have to start using personal lives. You're going to have to start using whatever it is to get people over the edge. That's what you need coming up in this match. Again, likely, likely likely like it's so funny it's like one of those things i sometimes i need to not have as supportive as a wife as i have <laughs> because i was like I'm, I'm gonna say this and she's gonna tell me no she's like it's bucks and ftr you gotta go yep and i was like god i love you but sometimes oh just be less supportive <laughs> yeah
0: i love you but sometimes you just tell, put me in my place a little
1: bit. It's like tell me no and she's like no you gotta go and i was like Fuck, I do got to go, don't I? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, so, uh, no. Uh, what's the next match there?
0: Yes. Um, moving off of that, though, um, if you're doing that match, make these two teams fucking hate each other. Because I can't take another, like, oh, we respectfully we respectfully respect each other as opponents who respect each other. No, fuck that. Kill each other. Um, we then had uh, Hangman Adam Page go one-on-one with Swerve Strickland uh and uh gotta say i totally forgot that swerve is from washington i forgot that he's from tacoma and we're in seattle uh because i was like man hangman's getting a lot more booze like than i would have expected i'm like are they turning on hangman i'm like oh no we're in swerve's fucking hometown you idiot uh, you so were literally that. in Swerve's house. <laughs> You're like exactly when he's saying whose house Swerve's house. We're we're being literal. We're being actively literal.
1: Yes. yes. Uh,
0: so no, I'm I'm an idiot. So I I noticed that. Um, but oh man, Swerve took it to hangman so fucking hard. Uh, literally, be like looked at one point to pile drive him on the steel steps. Hangman got a dead eye, basically, to her. And like he also, I got to say, Hangman as a babyface, the way he gets desperate is quite crazy. Though with the, him biting on Swerve's hand and like doing all that kind of stuff, there was a lot of moments like that. Um, but these guys did a damn good job. This was an absolutely stellar match. Um, Swerve is again, I don't even feel like he's a star in the making because this dude's a star, like in every sense of the word. He's absolutely fucking outstandingly good. Um, as the match is going on, Hangman is able to hit the buckshot lariat, um, but he's his arm is injured from the match. He covers, but then Nana proceeds to grab Swerve's boot, puts it on the bottom rope. Paul Turner sees it and starts ejecting him, but Nana's not leaving and arguing with him. He goes again for the buckshot lariat, but then Swerve proceeds to take Prince Nana's crown and smack him over the head with it. Uh, he covered him. Hangman kicks out, but then eventually he gets hit with the house call, call twice, and the JML driver and hand, Hangman Adam Page takes the loss. Swerve Strickland gets the win, basically being like, "Your spot is mine now." Uh, this is absolutely a huge win for Swerve. I think it absolutely solidifies him as, like I said, if if he's not a star in the making, he's a star now. Because I mean, like he, this dude is outstanding. They killed each other in this match. Hangman. Did some great selling in this. He was great in that regard when he got uh, his arm ripped backwards, and then they had the medical staff, and then proceeds to... Doesn't matter, he hits a double foot stomp on him, and, like, dude, it was crazy how much Swerve was just getting heel moments in there. It was outstanding. Uh, yeah, this match was awesome. Uh, great performances by both guys. But, man, um, I'm all... Like I said, Swerve is a guy that I've been all in on, and he's been outstanding, and with the added element of Nana and his spectacular dance moves that I will never get tired of, um, yeah, swerve and Nana, dude. They're like, if I had, a, if I was drafting my top AEW guys, they would be there.
1: Yeah, um, this was it. This, this is, this is wasn't uh, his coming out party. This was his welcome to the top party. This was his. He's the guy party, and and like. Like people there are a lot of people that probably didn't see Swerve as the guy at a e w and if you go go got through this match and you saw his performance with the hangman and you saw his expressions, I mean like the story he told with his face and uh the how hangman the desperation hangman showed that uh how much he wanted to be at the top this story this match wasn't uh just a, like oh swerve uh swerve's going over this was like this match was a full-on illustration of how swerve feels that he will do anything to succeed he will do anything to be on the top he will be doing anything to be the guy and he like tonight i mean that night he felt like the guy and he beat hangman and it's just like you know i always i always make fun and i'm saying i hate hangman but dude the dude dude is remarkable at wrestling he <laughs> dude is remarkable and he and, and you know and again this was a spot match and you know some people probably could you know probably fight and not have it but he just lost you know what i mean of course sorry for the bad guy he cheated but he lost he 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 got pinned by swerve he was better he took the spot hangman has to deal with it it's, exactly it, it, that's man. the thing too
0: and again hangman's the best when he's down in the dumps, yes, hard on himself, and he needs to make that fiery drive to get back to where he was and get back to the top where he feels he belongs. That's when Hangman's the best, because like I said, like we talk all about his millennial cowboy depressed shit that he was doing when he lost to Chris Jericho at the first All Out. Like it was the best, one of the best long-term stories that AEW has ever told, uh, and Swerve has to be the guy that kicks him down um and i, I know the inet- the, event- the inevitable work hangman's going to do to try to get back at swerve and take his spot back um i feel like now that what you really need to do too is now that swerve has hangman's spot have him like really accomplish stuff that hangman wasn't able to accomplish have him go even further than what hangman was able to do when he was in that position when he got those opportunities have Swerve capitalize on opportunities that he said that Hangman would waste. Like, really drill that point in. And then when Hangman finally gets the opportunity at Swerve again, make sure he doesn't miss. He goes right at Swerve's head, and he takes it back for him. This could be an absolutely great story, and I think they've already done so well setting everything up. And it just goes to show the great character work between Swerve and Hangman two of aw's best characters
1: it's just it's great yeah right and and it's it's funny because you add swerve uh uh you add swerve into an already loaded top of the card like kenny hasn't been in a title match in a long time you got to kester you got mjf you got jay white former new japan world champion you have jericho yeah uh uh, you have all these different people. Like, the top of the card is, like, m- stacked in the AEW. And, and and that's going to make the whole show much better because you're going to have stars through the whole show. But the whole thing is Swerve belongs. I, I've been saying it for months how I've become more and more a fan. But this match shows he belongs right there. He belongs in the conversation. And he's kind of a fresh face. You know what I mean? I, I know he was in WWE, but he hasn't been pushed to this level. He is an AEW main eventer. And it's like, let's keep going. L- let's keep going. I don't know when you put the title on him. Uh, I don't know when you put the title on him or whatever. But right now, everything they're doing with him is striking the right chord. I, I Like I said, ain't many times I'll say I feel like anybody can recover from almost anything, but he needed to win this match. That's the only oh, way you're going to yeah. take him seriously, is if you win that match. He was starting all these wars and losing. He won one. And now, it's time to move on. It's time to move up. Keep him hot. Don't <laughs> do not do what we've seen in the past with other people at unfortunate times. Keep him hot. Keep him in big matches. Keep him mattering. With the Na Na dance, Who's House, Swerve's House, the music, everything, His act is pretty much the best it's been. And I'm thinking there's a little bit more room to grow.
0: Yeah. Speaking, though, of people who we've seen, you know, get hot and then get cold. Ricky Starks facing off against Blackpool Combat Club's Wheeler Utah. Shout out to Moxley returning for the broadcast booth for this match and continuing to say shit. Also mentioning that he already had to pay a fine, basically, for what he did on Zero Hour. Nice touch. Um yeah this match kind of like I you had the problem with the mjf match I had a problem with this match quite frankly because I mean they did a good job it was a good match uh and obviously Ricky is still kind of got some stuff with the Blackpool combat Club considering the wars that he's gone to with with uh Brian Danielson but see here's my point with that Ricky Starks went to war on two separate occasions with Brian Danielson one of the best wrestlers of all time and one of the best wrestlers in AEW. And I firmly believe, because like I said, I saw the strap match in person. It was fucking insanely good. Outstanding match. Um, and then Sydney saw the text death match in person at Collision. If you were going to do two vicious, hardcore matches between Brian Danielson and Ricky Starks, and you're not going to have Ricky win one of them, I got a problem with that. And literally, Ricky, the only thing he can use right now is the fact that he didn't tap out. He just passed out and, you know, he he survived, basically. You didn't kill me. But then he goes out on Wrestle Dream and he faces Yuta, sloppy seconds of the Blackpool Combat Club. No disrespect. I like Yuta a lot, but, like, you know, it's the sloppy seconds of the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, And I'm just watching Ricky in this match and it's just the fire isn't the same from when I saw him in that death match, in that Texas death match, in that strap match. I mean, Ricky was putting on performances of his life. And when I hear rumors and when I hear people coming out saying that there's been interest from WWE and Ricky's kind of feeling like, you know, maybe there's a 75% chance he jumps. I can't really fault him if i'm being fair because ricky is so fucking good he's so good i feel like collision has been the moments the show that he's really been allowed to shine and we've had of course he got injured at one point during his hot run but he's been stop start so much and i think he's really getting tired of it at least from what i've seen now i don't know what's more left in the future for ricky going forward on AEW. i don't know so we'll have to see what they do with him but uh quite frankly, like I said, for him to lose two mat two big matches like that, the, the strap match and the Texas death match against Brian Danielson, like I'm sorry. He's he's just not at the level that I feel like he deserves to be and where he should be. Um and this match just kind of like was a combination of me just being like wanting more from Ricky Starch, wanting more of like give my boy some help right now, dude, because this dude's outstanding. And listen. Could he do well if he went to WWE? Absolutely. But I also feel like he could be in a weird spot where he's looked at like LA Knight as just an Attitude Era ripoff. You know, There's a reason why he got compared to The Rock a lot. I feel like he's going to get in the same fucking boat that LA Knight is in. LA Knight could get to the top of the top. I don't believe they want to do that, but we'll see. I feel like Ricky would be in the same boat. So I would like AEW to actually capitalize on Ricky and make him want to stay. Because having him lose those two matches... Like I said, I love the matches. I think they were great. The strap match is one of my best favorite matches this year. But Ricky should have won at least one of them. I'm just saying. Because he's got no fire going into this. You beat Yuta. Cool. A lot of people beat Yuta. Floyd, are you on my same save wavelength like right now? Because this is my big level of negativity on this show. This was the only thing that really bothered me.
1: So I started my own like head cannon and i don't like i don't know if this is what they're trying to do or what they're trying to do but this is how i saw it i saw this as they're like this the story is they're building ricky's frustration he keeps almost getting there he keeps almost getting there and he doesn't get there he doesn't get the win he almost gets the win against you know almost wins the title against punk Almost wins the title against Brian Danielson. He gets in I mean, the strap match or whatever with Brian Danielson. He almost, almost, almost. And they're just telling a frustration story with him right now. And he's going to snap at one point. And I think that's when the elevation comes. So Maybe I'm wrong. I just feel like all of this is telling a story. Him getting put back in a match with Willa Utah, That's something, uh, either another frustration. He feels like he's, uh, you know, he's getting downgraded to a point, you know. And it's just like all these things are just building the character of the frustrated Ricky Starks, like a slow burn to the top. Maybe I'm wrong. That's how, but maybe I'm putting flowers on a shitty situation. But that's how I saw it. That's why I haven't got frustrated because I felt like it was building to something. I I hope that's the case. I really do. I mean, mean, like I I said, I could be putting flowers on poo. You know what I mean? Uh, You know, it might. This might just be really you know terrible. Ricky starts booking this that might be what it is but no I think it's going somewhere I think Ricky is a strong enough character strong enough work worker to spin this and make you understand it what they're doing with him I he's always on TV he's always in matches that matter I like if they didn't like him you know he'll go away and it's like the fact that he's always there There's a limited amount of pay-per-view spots, but you know who always has one for the most part? Ricky Starks. You know who's always... I agree with that, but at the same time, to
0: be fair, I don't want Ricky Starks to become AEW's
1: Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, and it's true. and No, I don't disagree with you at all. I'm like, this is not me disagreeing with you. It's just making... I'm hoping what they're doing is on purpose. You know what? I'm I'm hoping they're trying to build this frustration in you on purpose. So today, like like I said, it's it might not be. It might be like, hey, this is bad, you know. But I I just you know trust in Tony type situation. That's what I'm doing right now, and um, yeah, we will. I think we'll see. We will definitely see uh, going forward if uh if I'm right. Or, if this, you know, this is just terrible. Uh, but I really enjoyed this match. Hard hitting. You could always count on Yuta for this type of match. Ricky got the solid win on the show. Uh, you know, maybe building to something later. We will see. But uh yeah uh yeah I I really did enjoy this match. I thought it was a, another good match. I
0: thought it was a good hard hitting match like I said. I just I'm 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 hoping I, I, my, I, I, I'm I would love, that
1: my boy Ricky gets treated with respect. I, I would have loved for it to be for the TNT title or the international title or some title that Ricky was holding, but you know. I guess we can't get everything that we want. but maybe so. we get what we need. Five we'll seven, see. Yeah, we'll see.
0: Uh, but moving forward, at least, uh, we had the dream match. Brian Danielson versus the New Japan Strong champion, Zack Sabre Jr. This exactly this was exactly what it lived up to my wildest expectations. This match was fucking incredible. Um, I got to say, also, this match had probably one of the most brutal-looking dragon screws I've ever fucking seen. Zack got dragon screwed. And I swore to God, I thought I saw his leg snap, like just in, in real time. It was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, these guys gave exactly what here's the thing. It's weird. Cause I, I'm, I'm obviously jealous because this was the match we were supposed to get at forbidden door one. And my God, if I would have saw this match in person, but at the same time I saw Claudio Davies, so I can't really be that mad. Um, but holy shit, man. These guys beat the living hell out of each other. Danielson able to beat the best technical wrestler uh, going right now in Zack Sabre Jr. Um, I think I'm fair to say right now that like, Darby is my favorite AEW original. But in terms of like my straight-up favorite thing in AEW going right now, Brian Danielson might be it. This dude is just absolutely insane. And he the the comment he made about how he wants to make sure that he you know stops wrestling at a certain point so he can be with his daughters full time. I love that. Um, and man, if this guy's not trying to give every five star fucking match he can before he calls it quits, I don't know what else, dude. This man is absolutely wild and one of the best going today. Like I fucking I fucking love. Brian Danielson. And this match was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I love this match so much. Like Danielson's given me like back to back to back bangers. Like it's ridiculous.
1: This match was exactly as promised. It was everything that it needed to be. It was uh, absolutely beautiful. I really enjoyed this match on like every level that you can enjoy a match Um, they did what they do better than everyone else. They took technical wrestling and they, uh, they made it interesting. And I, dude, it's just, it was, it was just so good. Uh, the moments where the crowd stood up in the big moments and, you know, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately there were some times where they were had to, which I was hoping didn't happen. Well, which I was hoping happened. There were times where they had to just kind of sit on their hands and watch. Because not technical wrestling's not always exciting. It's almost like soccer. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like you, you have to see, you have to wait for the good part. Right. In this part, they did a very good job of being patient. And I just thought this was amazing. I thought this was a really good match. Yeah. yeah. No. Fucking so
0: good. Uh, moving on, we had the trios match between Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, and Chris Jericho. Versus the Don Callis family, Kanosuke Takeshita, Sammy Guevara, and Will Ospreay. Um, This match was a lot of fun, I would say. Um, I loved uh, just the fact that we got Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho teaming with each other. Um, And this also was another great performance from Sammy Guevara, I would say. Sammy got a really good chance to shine in this match. Um, And honestly, it's it's just enjoying for me to see the Don Callis family start to really come into form as a vicious group, because I feel like you need to really solidify the fact that this is a group effort made by Don Callis to just make Kenny Omega and his friend's life a living hell. Uh, and I think that's what this match did, you know, like Kenny and his guys really tried to get one over and stop the Don Callis family. But basically as it goes on though, uh, powerhouse, ha, uh, a uh, power, uh, uh, well, actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, uh, Will Ospreay distracts Aubrey Edwards. Don Callis gets uh, uh, Floyd the Bat and nails uh, Jericho in the head with it. Sammy Guevara pins his former mentor and gets the win while Kenny Omega is being held back by Takeshita and uh, and and Bushi the same thing. And so yeah, it's basically Don Callis got what he wanted. He got revenge on Chris Jericho and put him down to pasture on that one and Don Don Kaus's family family starting to look pretty dangerous. Um I thought this was pretty good. I liked it a lot. Um and it was another good performance uh
1: by all men involved. This match is why we have a Trios title in AEW. Yes. It's it, it's it's absolutely. Why like where is in uh, most major companies don't, but I mean, I guess like most of them, everyone except WWE does now, but it's just they're really they AEW has a way of, again, taking these uh, taking these clusters and just making them look beautiful and entertaining and giving you all the spots and giving you everything <clears throat> that you possibly could ask for. And it was, yeah, this was perfect. This uh, I, I thought this match told the story that it needed to tell. Of course, you're establishing Don Callis' family as a threat. They have to keep winning. You know, that's the whole thing. And it was just like perfect in how uh, in the execution, Takeshi is a star, again, you have another you've, like, this whole thing with Kenny has built another main event guy and right now they're in something else so you don't have to worry about them not being in the main event, so yeah, and he had Kodobushi who looked like Kodobushi again, you know, and it was just yeah, so entertaining, uh, dream match you know, Kenny, Kenny Omega, I love how they pointed out, and I love how they said Chris Jericho was like we don't like each other. They they didn't throw away their rivalry. We don't like each other. We hate Don Callis more. And they made that a point of the build to this match. No, who else does that? This is it's beautiful. It's pro wrestling. I love it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um next, the AEW World Tag Team Champions FTR defending against Aussie Open. Um I thought this was really good. Um definitely felt like the match like, you know, if you were going to go like hardcore on a ftr aussie open banger you know they could have gone even more but this pay-per-view is very long uh but dax harwood and cash wheeler are able to get the victory with a super shatter machine which was fucking cool to see um but yeah no i thought this was a really good match uh, for the uh uh semi-main i thought they did a damn good job uh and, yeah, FTR continues to just be, like, one of the best tag teams of all time and holding those AEW World Tag Team titles and doing a damn good work with it. But I will say, Floyd probably agrees with me, uh, I've enjoyed Babyface FTR. Yes. Get the black hats on these men ASAP.
1: Uh, let's do what we do. Let's do it. I say it what we, I'm like, yeah, because, you know, FTR I loved, loved the most. Didn't like people. You know what I mean? So, Shit. I'm okay with them not liking me. I'm good with it. Let's get back. Now, um, yeah, this match was good. This match was borderline great. It was, I just felt like, I I saw that, unfortunately, you're going to compare matches to each other, right? Oh, sure. I saw the New Japan match, which I thought was amazing. It did not reach that level. No. It it felt like there was another gear that they didn't hit. I don't know. uh, Dungzilla. <laughs> uh, Zach of uh, uh, what's his last name? <laughs> Zach Gibson. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, what's his name? Dunkzilla. God damn it! I only call him Dunkzilla. <laughs> That's all I call him. Like I know Kyle Fletcher, uh, Davis, Davis. All Mark, right, yeah, there Mark Davis. I only call him Dunkzilla. I don't know why. I just like his Twitter name, so I call him his Twitter name. Uh, but uh, yeah, he broke his hand. Or in during the match, he broke his uh, wrist during the match, and so yeah, uh, I don't don't know if they held it back or whatever. But the match looked beautiful; it was great. Two amazing tag teams doing what they do. Like I said, there was a Neville level they had reached; they didn't get to that New Japan level. I don't believe that was the story of this match. Was the New Japan level? I don't think the build to the match reached to where you're going to put on the New New Japan-level match. But I thought the ending was great. I thought there was a lot of uh, false finishes in it. The biggest thing that I think that held this match match with, you know, I don't talk bad about FTR matches ever because I just think they're perfect. The biggest thing that held it back was not any performance in the match. It was the idea that I didn't think there was any chance FTR was losing. Yes. I didn't go into the match thinking Aussie Open could win. In the middle of the match, I had never at any point thought Aussie Open could win. I don't like watching a team lose to a double clothesline at all in. Sorry. I, I know I'm supposed to forget about what I saw before, but I can't. You know what I mean? And then losing to Sammy and Chris Jericho, they were basically on a big match losing streak going into this match. Of course, they got a squash match on Rampage or whatever. They just beat the guys, but they were on a big match losing streak. They, it, that really wasn't brought up. It wasn't brought up like it's dangerous. They're trying to get off the snide. They got it. it, it, I don't feel like the story led me to believe that FTR could uh, lose to them. And I, and you know, I even said I'm emotional, I'm an emotional wrestler fan, right? I don't think any emotion was really built up in this match. I don't know if it's the fault of, you know, the the bookers or whatever. I don't know whose fault it was. But I don't feel like there was enough story where I would be emotionally involved and I would fall for the false finishes. And because of that, like I said, this match was good. It was too good. Technically, looking at moves, everything... I didn't see anything wrong with the match.
0: I think again this is the reason why we're so high on F T R turning heel again, because when you have a heel F T R, it just makes it so much easier for their matches to have more like going for it, you know what I mean? Especially if you just like you know, we know they're the best tag team of all time, but if you constantly have them do slimy things to try to get their way and retain their titles and do all that kind of stuff that's the thing with champions a lot you need there has to be reasonable doubt at some point there has to be otherwise again the match is just a match and you just kind of just like oh well this was technically good and this had a good spot and all that kind of stuff reasonable doubt is so important for a wrestling match because it's the reason that makes you so invested where you're like holy shit this person could win or holy shit they could lose their title right now so they got you moves. have a heel FTR, it's so much easier to build reasonable doubt, and it's so much easier for you to have, like, emotional like feelings into it. It's not that FTR can't make you care. It's babyface. It's not far from that. But, you know, against random opponents or stuff like that, or against teams that they're just facing for a week or two, you know, being healed, it's
1: so much easier to make them, like, care about that match in the moment. If the last two Saturdays on collision uh... Uh, Aussie Open had left them laying like completely dominated them, it was just faster, stronger, whatever. Then I think I come into this match like, whew, you know, they really might put Aussie over Aussie Open open over, but really it was just you know some promo time. And it was just like, even in, even in the match the night before, it wasn't Aussie Open didn't pin FTR. Ricky Starks pin Dex. Again, it's like, you didn't give us anything to go on in this match. It basically, Gary gave us the bare minimum. Yeah, you know what I mean? You didn't give us anything to emotionally grab onto in this match. So, I don't know. Like, I'm like, I am like I try not to be super picky, especially when it comes to FTR. I'm like, hey, they show up, they're in the ring, Dex is catching the ring, five stars, seven stars, whatever the stars are. But it was just like, in this match, I felt like there was a level it didn't reach. And I loved the match. I thought it was a really good match. It's just, when you get Ossie Open and FTR, I'm thinking Young Bucks and FTR. I'm thinking FTR and the Briscoes. And I just don't feel like it reached that level of the greatness that these four men should do. And I don't think it's their fault. I think it was everything that came into the match not in it it's like in when they hit that finisher in the middle and, and uh they hit their finisher in the middle and cash had to come to save at no point in my mind did i think that they were going to get the three yeah and that's a problem um,
0: <clears throat> yeah so either way yeah we're not worried about ftr but just you, no no you know, FTR we, gotta, we, gotta, we gotta be able to care about you know all that kind of stuff you know what i mean uh but regardless of the fact though uh we move over to the main event Darby Allen versus the TNT champion Christian Cage in a two out of three falls match. Um, and this match was very, very good. Uh, oh, Darby, God.
1: It was, it was so violent. It was uncomfortable.
0: Dude, the, I mean, the, like, Christian really three separate times goes to try to drop him on the stairs. First time, misses. Second time, eh. Third time, actually thought he killed him.
1: Dude, it, it was so good. And he's so terrible. And he's such a horrible human being.
0: Oh, and he literally like like constantly looking over at Nick Wayne's mom, and also Nick Wayne's mom at one point like actively trying to like seduce Christian, and then throwing water in his face. Spectacular! Can I say
1: um, can I can I say Nick Wayne's mom is hot without getting canceled? Uh, is that can I say that? I'm asking, can I say it? I'm not saying it. I'm asking, is it okay to be said? I don't think at this point in time, considering the fact that you know.
0: Okay. Listen, Chris, Christian. Christian made it very clear he doesn't have a father, so it's a little eh, and. But I mean,
1: it's it's. I think it's common knowledge, but I don't think you need to bring. I mean, they to it. She was literally on screen more than fucking Darby Allen. It felt like a for real, honest to God. <laughs> God, She I mean, they Darby's focused on her. In the crowd. It was literally yeah. your friend's mom. I, I don't know if. I don't know. Somebody in the back of the production is a fan of Nick Wayne's mom. Nick Wayne's mom is God. No, I, I mean the screenshots it was like it was she was there. I felt like was I felt like it was Taylor Swift at the football game.
0: They yeah, made honestly, they, honestly. they
1: made sure you knew she was there.
0: Shout out shout out uh George Kittle uh mm. and his uh the comment from the one good line, uh, oh, actually, no, that was Wade, That was uh, Stu Bennett that said that, actually. Stu Bennett who made the line, a tight end that actually doesn't need tra- uh, Taylor Swift to become the best tight end in football. Oh, who said that? Uh, Stu Bennett or Wade
1: Barrett. Oh, okay. And he was talking about George Kittle? Talking about Kittle, yes. Yeah, he, he, was he was talking called. about the non-Super Bowl champion George Kittle. Oh, is that, is oh that, is yeah. is, is, look at look, uh, at, the uh, look uh, at the Niners this uh, year. Look at the Niners this year. I remember George Kittle was in the Super Bowl. I remember that they <laughs> lost to somebody. Oh, they lost to the greatest tight end of all time. That's who they lost to. I was just, I was, I was just letting you know. Letting people know when they bring up. See, George I knew Kittle. there was a reason John Cena <laughs> dropped all those chairs on you. It's because you don't know anything about
0: football.
1: Yes, <laughs> like just letting you know, John. I, I'm just letting you know, George Kittle, very good tight end, and I'm Pentagon fan, wrestling fan, love the guy. Good job. He is great to. He is great for being the second best tight end in the NFL.
0: I would say honestly, could you could you at least come to the conclusion that you would believe that George Kittle is a much better blocker than Travis Kelsey? I think Travis Kelsey is a better catcher, like a pass catcher. Kittle is better at blocking,
1: especially run. Yeah, I guess, I, I guess specifically I mean, run blocking. It, it'll be say. like oh, it be like you talking about Jerry Rice and any other receiver, and be like Calvin Johnson was a better blocker. I'm Like eh, okay, okay, eh. fuck <laughs> off, fuck off. I'm like okay, I'm like so. Uh, <laughs> you got to we, we got Blake <laughs> Bell. We got Blake Bell for that. We got uh, Grave for that. That's that's their jobs. Kelsey's job is to catch passes and get TDs. That's what he do. And catch pop stars. He does that too. God, he catches everything. Cool. Twenty one to twenty. That's <laughs> uh, all I gotta say. Oh, oh. So you are gonna bring that up? Twenty one after- to twenty. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, hey. Your tight end Laporte. Laporta. Uh, Laporta. Three three years, he's gonna be right there. I see everything in him to be that guy. He I love. I I I, I I I I like him. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. He he. It was a couple times he got missed on some plays that I saw where he had found the hole and then they went somewhere else. And I'm just like him and uh, him and golf get on the same page. He's gonna oh, be that dude. So clear. He's gonna, he's gonna be that dude, especially you got St. Brown. Well, okay, we're getting to football again. Okay. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, so oh, I just said twenty-one to twenty, and then yeah, I got yeah, you on a tangent. Yeah, yes. Good. oh god, because uh, I was actually it was one of those things I was going to message you Sunday about Laporta, but I kind of have to swore that I hate the lines now. Oh my god, he's <laughs> I, I I I see the makings, I see the makings there. It looks really good, dude. It yeah. looks really, okay. really good. Okay, so you can
0: all I'll say lastly, you could literally swap our second round picks with our first round picks, and you would be like, yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah. a good draft.
1: Yes. But uh, uh, moving to this back match over to
0: the main event. Mm-hmm, yes. yes,
1: to this match, I want to give Darby Darby main event in Seattle. Want to give him his respect. Absolutely, that, that dude is insane. If he's wrestling in five years, I'll be shocked.
0: <laughs> uh, kind of, yeah, for real. Uh, Darby, <laughs> like I said, I can't get over how much this man like just puts his body through so much shit. Yeah. And like, I I I, can't, I have nothing but honest to God respect for yes. Darby for what he's willing to do. Um, you could call it stupid at some points, but my god, dude, yeah, this man makes you care so much. Darby a, is so fucking on good. the Christian thing. Never I never had like, a bad match
1: on the Christian thing. I was like, the first time was good enough. You didn't need, <laughs> you didn't need to try to honestly, do it two more times.
0: And also, <laughs> can we also again? I've said it before, but Christian Cage, dude, I was hyped when he first got uh uh debuted, and people were like. That's disappointing. And I'm like, just you guys wait what this man is able to do. And I feel vindicated on Christian Cage being like one of the best things in AEW going to date. Uh, and I'm going to talk
1: more about Christian and how good he is uh, when we get into the yeah. dynamic. If you talk about performances, you know, like, you know, like, like everybody you're talking about, if you look at the all around performance, I'm talking wrestling, cutting promos, everything this year, 2023, name me five people better than christian
0: he's on he's gonna be like in terms of year-end list he's gonna be like on like top level for me i swear
1: dude he's in that top five of anybody's list of right now and this dude is like he he is i don't know what for almost 50 and this dude is just killing it on this other level like the the Everything that he does is on point he 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 the way he is being used is on point like Christian is probably better. he's been world champion in many places in my opinion, I have not enjoyed christian as much right uh, as much as I am right now yeah
0: um so obviously, Darby gets a roll up to win the uh first uh pinfall. Christian then proceeds to kill Darby Allen in order to set up for the, uh, second one. They put a stretcher out for, uh, Darby, which he then frog splashes on. Um, and then eventually he starts ripping up the, uh, the, the ring, exposing the, the wood on there and then just proceeding to kick the shit out of him. And as the match is tied up, uh, you know, they're going back and forth, back and forth. And then eventually, uh, Christian tries to spear Darby, but he hits the ref, uh, that's when Christian grabs the TNT title. Nick Wayne takes it away from him and then nails Darby he- Darby in the, in the head with it, which then has his mom all kinds of freaked out. Uh, and then Christian giving him a hug and then Darby gets pinned. He retains the TNT title, Christian, and Nick Wayne sees his true father figure, I guess. And like I said, Luchasaurus must have did some goddamn shit during that match because the, uh, Nick Wayne ain't seen right, that's for sure.
1: But uh, Sting comes out trying to oh, even uh, the odds. Oh, before oh, we get there, the match ended how who predicted, sir? You did. Uh, just, uh, I just want to throw that out there, like my victory lap. Uh, it just, I'm, I'm sitting there talking about how I think the match is going to end. I was like, oh, shit, Nick Wayne's going to cheat. We turn on him. Like I had went down a whole different path, and I was like. Yeah, it, you it just, realized
0: it like halfway you through. You're like, like, oh, you know what? I just realized what they're going to do.
1: Nick Wayne's going to turn on them and it just punched me in the face it just like i saw it like someone had told me and no one did <laughs> I was like it was like oh
0: you shit a, you had a few you had your literal like uh that's so raven like yes
1: each yes time. and i was like oh christian's his new dad there you go let's go Next that's how well. that's how i saw it. i was like christian's his new dad and i'm like yep. that's why they keep building the dad thing and it was like Yep, I did it. And so, uh, now yeah. let's let's talk
0: about the sting finish. comes out. Yeah, sting comes out to try to even the odds, uh, and uh, he ends up getting beat up as Luchasaurus comes out, uh, and then Christian gets a chair, puts it under Sting's head. He's about to hit him with a concerto. Lights go out, and then our feature presentation. Man gets into a convertible, starts driving down the street of Seattle. Same time that a Mariners game is going on uh, Yeah, I believe Uh, And He drives over uh, A road that's got rated R Written on it He comes out And the rated R superstar Adam Copeland Also known As Edge Makes his way down the ring Metalingus and all He's in AEW. It had been rumored for months. Finally, Adam Copeland's in AEW. He gets in the ring, asks for the chair from Christian, and he looks and smiles and looks like he's going to give Sting a concerto. And then he smacks Nick Wayne in the back with it. He spears Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne as Christian Cage runs off and holds the TNT Championship up high from the top of the ramp. Darby and Sting are eventually back up on their feet. And then we get an image of Adam Copeland, Edge, shaking hands with Sting. Outstanding image to close the night. Adam Copeland is all elite. Fucking massive. Massive. So fucking cool. I it just, it's, bu- I'm buzzed about it constantly. It's so, so amazing to see. I, and I, Dude, I, I, I'm going to talk even more about this with Dynamite, but what a moment, for real.
1: Yeah, I, I geeked out. I nerded out. I knew it was coming, and it was still a, amazing. I, apparently, we're uh, everybody that didn't know uh, that WWE didn't own the exclusive rights to Metal is an idiot. First of all, I want to make sure everyone knows this. I listen to music. I don't know shit about the music industry. I figured the song that they've been playing for ten to fifteen years on their programming, they might have some kind of financial stake in. Sorry, I didn't understand. No, <laughs> no, but but he's best friends with the band. Yeah, so. so very very similar to a CM Punk cult personality situation. So yes, so and again, I didn't. I thought that song. I thought that was an Edge theme song. I thought they wrote it for Edge. Kind of. You thought it was like a Jim. You thought it was like a Jim Conti song. Yeah, I didn't know it was like. Yeah, I didn't know this was, like, a song just that was just on an album. I mean, dude, I don't know. Wrestling music is wrestling music to me. I don't think of it outside the real world. Uh, but, no, uh, I th- I thought that was funny. I had no clue, and when that song hit, because I didn't know what they were going to use, and when that song hit, I was like, because I had heard rumors that WD- Also, not Jim Conte, Jim Johnson. What the hell Jim did I say? Johnston. Yeah, yeah I, was sitting there, uh, I was sitting there reading, and I kept hearing rumors that... WWE didn't own it, and then the music hits, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah no, see, that's really the thing. Good. I
0: wasn't. I I kind of knew that they were gonna have Metalingus, and if they didn't, I was gonna be heavily disappointed. Honestly, the thing that I noticed more so than Metalingus is that they got Beth freaking Phoenix to do the "You Think You Know Me" where it was "You Think You Know Him." That yeah, was I, Beth Phoenix's voice. I didn't. Fucking-
1: yeah, I found that out a couple what couple days ago when they it came out. I didn't know. At the time, I'm no, just...
0: I said I literally heard it. And I'm like, that's Beth, isn't it? And I kept telling, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Beth. And yeah, I was, yeah. I was a thousand percent right. Th- um, th- but th- More so importantly, the fact that the rated R superstar tra- uh, trademark expired in 2020 and WWE didn't renew it, so AEW was able to use it.
1: Yes. So it's his song. I mean, I mean, it's well, and it's his brand. Yeah. Yeah. It's his nickname. And and yeah, Adam Copeland, Adam. I don't know. I'm I'm just shout
0: out Adam Elite Wrestling.
1: Yeah, like I had a friend that said uh, I had a friend that said to me that they didn't think Adam or Edge was needed in AEW, and I was like, they don't. You know, they basically don't watch AEW to watch old WWE guys. Again, AEW was started by old WWE guys, but that's beside the point.
0: Uh, so I've huh? I've heard plenty of the well now this is just exactly
1: WCW shit. I'm like, guys. This the reason Edge is different. It's Edge is basically a WWE guy. You know, he had like some early stuff is in, in WCW, like yeah. as far as you know, like it in is indie career, uh, yeah. Yeah, indie career. But he is a WWE guy. The first time I saw him was in WWE. All through his career as WWE. No New Japan. No Impact. None of that. So every matchup that he gets in AEW has the potential to be unique. And it has the potential to be something you've never seen before. I mean, even his first match is going to be against somebody he's never wrestled before or touched before. He talked about it. He was in the ring with Sting the first time that it's ever happened that he was in a ring with Sting and that's crazy and he, you know and in that moment when they're shaking hands you have three distinct generations of wrestling you you got Sting that represents the 80s and 90s uh, Most of the 90s and, you know, he's been wrestling for 40 years. You have Edge 90s and the 2000s, you know, and you got Darby, who's the current generation. You have three distinct generations of wrestlers in the ring at the same time. And if you don't care about that or that's lost on you, I, I get it. But to someone that like w- one of the things I think I saw Stink's first national TV match, I saw Edge first national TV match. And then I saw Darby's first national match in AEW. As somebody that has been around for that long, that moment, those three people in the ring staring at each other meant everything.
0: Yeah. No, exactly. And again, it's it's just an absolutely huge moment. And can we also, guys, like, for real, this goes for both sides. Uh, can we stop like being like, you betrayed your company when people go work somewhere else? I'm talking I, not I, just about Adam Copeland, but
1: I'm talking about Jade as well. You know, you know what I've learned on that? I think the people that do that are unwell and they do it for attention. I don't like I don't know anyone that I speak to that has that opinion. Like, not one person. Do you? I can't think of anybody. Yes, because th- these are these outlier rational people irrational people that get online that say these things to start discussions these aren't real people these aren't real feelings they just want somebody to look at them for 10 something minutes. i guess because obviously Cause you, like, you
0: would y- you, you would have you if you were saying stuff like this you've clearly never worked a day in your life uh, yes. i i worked at a com- i worked at a place and then i proceeded to leave to go work at a different place in that same industry god i betrayed my own my old company yeah, As opposed but, to like looking for a new opportunity and all that yes. kind of stuff.
1: God, I betrayed them. But the hundreds and hundreds of wrestling fans we know between each other, I don't know anyone that feels like this. So to me, that leads me to believe no one actually feels like this. This is just shit done for people to look at them. See, you're you're very positive in that matter. No, I no, no, no. Legit people and, that and, that and, and I guess if they are, I don't know. I, I see it in football you know i've seen it in football i've you seen you betray Madison. yeah i see that but in wrestling it's like
0: god now it's... to be fair there's some legit I- I- examples like uh, let's not be fair kyrie Irving fucked over the entire city of boston let's not be fair let's be frank
1: here oh well he fucked over the entire city of cleveland first but okay well yeah but you know i mean they literally went to like three finals in a row and he's like i don't want to be robin anymore like Dude, Robin, you, you, Robin with LeBron at Batman was fucking working, dude. What's go? What's going on? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Trust no, me. yeah, you know, so it's just like no, it's like people do it all the time, and it's and it's fine. I mean, looking for another enjo- enjoyment. Ah, again, Oklahoma. Jay City. Carga literally <laughs>
0: came out being like, if I went to WWE first, I would have failed. AEW basically, I would have never gotten better anywhere else if it wasn't for AEW. Yes. So. And everyone who is in wrestling is happy for these people getting these chances. Whether it be Ed, Ed, Edge going to become Adam Copeland at AEW, people are happy for him. And whether it be Jade going to WWE, yeah. like she's going to tear it up.
1: Yes, I'm I'm so angry that you got another job. Edge basically said in his interview that he just wanted to be used more in WWE and they had nothing for him. Yeah. I, and don't, also, I don't. I don't understand. His daughter. His
0: daughter's like, when are you gonna go play with Uncle Jay again?
1: Yeah, and it's just like, how do you get angry at somebody who's like, yeah, I would have kept wrestling in WWE. I could have signed another contract. They didn't want me, in essence. And it's like, he's not mad. You know, he gets to come do the wrestling here. You know what I mean? And that's amazing. And and I'm all for it. But I just don't understand, like I said, I don't understand this. I mean, like in the world where people get fired and laid off and there's mass layoffs, the idea that somehow you work, you work out of your contract, you literally filled out the agreed upon time on your contract. You didn't leave early. You didn't ask for your release. You literally worked to your contracts over and then decided to work somewhere else. How any, any rational person can be angry with you. I don't understand for real, for real, <laughs> but that's enough of that talk. Um, wrestle dream is a great show and what a moment to close it out on. Dude. Um, every time I'm like, Oh man, I keep spending 50 bucks. He makes it worth it. I mean, I haven't done this like, you know, you know, since before the WWE, uh, network existed, you just paying $50. They always make it worth your money. They so, do. Yeah. They don't, like I said,
0: AW with a pay-per-view. I've never been let down. Never. Been let down when it comes to an AEW paper.
1: Dude, so. I gotta say this. <clears throat> I'm trying to get used to it. I'm trying to get my. Oh my god, it hurt like hell not being there. Oh god. Oh sure, absolutely. It hurt absolutely. my soul. I saw Anita. Shout out to Juanita Wrestling. I saw her in the crowd, and I was like, I'm supposed to be there. There it is. <laughs> there it is.
0: Yep. Um, moving over to Dynamite, we're, we'll try to get through quickly some of the big, some of the smaller stuff. Uh. The match opened up with it. The show uh, opened up with an international championship match. Y'all remember Ray Phoenix and Nick Jackson's singles match? Let's do that shit again. Uh, So, for the international championship, Ray Phoenix defending against uh, Nick Jackson. uh, Obviously, one of AEW's five star matches in their history. We're going to run this thing back again, uh, which was really cool.
1: So, um, I I would have liked one callback to that first match. That I was the understand.
0: thing. I there was there like I'm all for like you know like you know doing some
1: stuff different in your rematches and stuff like that, but callbacks, you know. The one thing I wanted was I just remember that first match if you remember Dynamite 8. Literally they were already in the ring, the bell just rang and then they just right, banged exactly. it out. Like, I, I like, there was no I wanted that again. Yes, I want that again.
0: Yeah. And just, like, you know, callbacks at the end of the day for matches of that magnitude that we want, like, they, they matter. Like, I, I remember the outstanding match between, uh, the two out of three falls match between uh, uh, Sami Zayn and, and, uh, and at the time, Cesaro. And uh, their rematch that they did at TakeOver, I think it was, like, the first TakeOver. It was, uh, no, NXT uh, Arrival, I think it was. Um, they had plenty of callbacks in that, but they also built off of it as well still. So, um You got to have some of those. And I felt like there wasn't enough of that. And also, there was a couple points where things slipped up a little bit. Um, Obviously, it it was going to be tough for them to recreate the magic of that first match. Uh, They did a damn good job, though, I would say. Um, And Nick Jackson, once again, can't get the win as Ray Phoenix gets the victory as he retains the international championship. Uh, Solid way to open up the show. Um, Obviously, just a couple more callbacks, and I think you could have definitely amped up this match, I felt like.
1: Yeah, uh, I thought the match was great. I, I I think these two are two of the better wrestlers in the world. I, I it gets old saying that two of the best wrestlers in the world. AEW yep. has a lot of amazing wrestlers, no, but Nick Nick Jackson's. I mean, you're talking about two one half of my favorite tag teams, and Ray Phoenix is like phenomenal. And I just thought they told the story. They told the back problem. Uh, they told the back. Uh. A back issue and that was amazing and I just thought they they just did a good job of they did a good job of making it look like Nick Jackson could win and the thing is I felt like Nick Jackson could win I was like from what I understand Ray Phoenix wasn't supposed to win a title ever so when that's the case in there now you can uh like oh they could go with Nick Jackson for a week or two or whatever and yeah I actually bought everything in this match. This was a really enjoyable match, like I said. I really do like the sprint nature of that first match. I wish you know they would have went with that again, but I mean, they had a lot of story to tell, and so they and you know the edge thing happened and everything. so I understand why they didn't do it. I just saying like just a personal preference if they were just like. You get the matchup, you got the referee holding the belt up, ding, and then they just go at each other from the very beginning. Old school dynamite way. That would have been awesome.
0: Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that as well. Um, moving off of this, we had uh, uh, we actually had to see this twice because uh, there was issues with TBS uh, uh, audio where uh, there was a segment of Adam Cole visiting Roderick Strong because uh, he was told there was an emergency uh, we had to watch this segment twice because the first time we could barely hear anything. Uh, so technical issues there. But eventually, even through like the tough time hearing it, I still got what the segment was doing, at least, for, like just for, on face value. Uh, oh, there's an emergency. Roderick Strong needs me. Oh, we're going to hang out. I'm going to see my best friend, Roderick Strong. He needs me to do stupid shit like move furniture around. And while I have a broken ankle, mind you. With uh, need- two healthy people there. Yes, who <laughs> apparently, you know, kingdom know nothing about feng shui, which, you know, I wouldn't trust the kingdom with anything, to be fair, like nothing straight up. Uh, so I, I kind of get where Roddy's coming from. Like I said, I don't know why he associates with the kingdom kingdom are like just, you know, lower than dirt, in my opinion. But uh, so anyway, Adam on one leg with a scooter is moving furniture around and he's like, OK, glad to help out. You know, I appreciate you. I got to head out, though. And Roderick's like, You can't leave, bro. I still need your help. And you know, you you you, you do that this is what friends do. And, you know, Adam's just like, Ugh. and that's kind of the end of it. Um obviously this is continuing the streak of outstanding segments we've had with Adam Cole and MJF and all that kind of stuff and just these types of wild, ridiculous segments. Um didn't reach that level, in my opinion. And I think it's just because, you know, Adam's the only one that can really play off of that heavily. I think he's just got way better comedic timing with that. As a Well, Roderick is good, especially with the Adam shit. Um, and there was, like, the, you know, the spot of... Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, uh, Matt Taven petting the giraffe was pretty funny. Uh, but it was all right. Uh, but, yeah, technical issues caused us to have to actually see this twice, so...
1: I, and I thought it was awesome. Tony Khan online. I know not, you know, people that, you know, people casual, people just turn it on, don't know to just like, you can like literally, literally hear from the owner of the company doing the show, you know, like the CEO is like, oh, oh, this sucks. Yeah, that was on TBS. Hey, we got overrun. We're going to play it again so everybody can hear what actually happened yes, uh, and I just thought that was it's just kinda cool that that happens It's like you it, it, a lot of uh a lot of people uh would have uh just said, "Oh okay, you can go to the YouTube channel, you can come to our Twitter page we post it up there and watch it again. No, we're running it back on the show and getting overrun for the rest of the show. I just like I've never seen that happen in any any wrestling- uh, professional wrestling uh broadcast that was just. So, like, I just thought it was so cool. I was probably way overly impressed than anybody else. is. everybody else probably shrugging their shoulder, but I just thought it was so fucking awesome that the the CEO's like, no, I, I no, bad customer experience, fix it. Yeah, and, then, and they fixed it right then.
0: Yeah, they really did. Yeah, so yeah. it was a cool, it was a cool thing that they actually set did uh, just to make sure that everyone got it. Even though they did immediately put it on social media too, so if you went on Twitter, you could watch it. It was good that they did it on TV, especially for people that were just tuning in. They were like, what the fuck's going on? Um, then uh, we had Griff Garrison in the ring and he's standing in the ring and then all of a sudden Wardlow's music hits and Wardlow has returned uh, from a small absence and he just comes in and wallops Griff Garrison and then leaves. Just literally powers him five straight times. Ref calls the match. Wardlow wins by uh, by uh, basically just ref stoppage and and he walks out and he just calls it a day. So good to see Wardlow back. I hope we get to actually, you know, kind of get a bit of momentum for this dude because it seems like he's another guy
1: that's really had stop start uh momentum. Yeah. Um and how they did it was perfect. So so yeah, two people that haven't been on TV in a long time. Uh with two very, very different <laughs> results. Very different. Uh yeah, the fifth power bomb. So Warlo, no you don't listen to the show but maybe another wrestler does bring the top rope down to your knee move back please i oh, yeah, that I was like that. my favorite thing ever it looked so vicious i was like oh god it was just like man he does that and then power bombs you 17 times oh my god that's so amazing no so uh bring that move back please pretty please with sugar on top
0: all right so moving on uh Don Callis has a promo backstage where he basically says that Sammy Guevara has pinned Chris Jericho, AEW shaken to its foundation, so much so that the crack medical team is called uh, and said Sammy Zayn is Sammy Sammy Guevara is unable to perform. So, at the recommendation of Will Ospreay, Kyle Fletcher will be the partner of Takeshita tonight.
1: Cool. You know what? Cool moment. I'm sitting there on the phone with Jr. and he says Sammy. Uh, Sammy can't do it and I was like Kyle Fletcher it's gonna be Kyle Fletcher it's gonna be Kyle Fletcher and then he says Kyle Fletcher I was like I told you and JR was like I'm walking the dog I have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) so So, yeah yeah. so this moment I was right I literally have no one to verify it there you go
0: (laughs) (laughs) but um, uh, Don Callis talked about nobody remembers the winners of the battles everyone remembers the winner of the war and I'm going to win this war no matter what and yeah It was a cool little moment just to get an update on that match. And, you know, Don Callis continuing to just try to really make sure you feel his presence. Uh, Trio Championship, Acclaimed and Daddy Ass defend against the Butcher, the Blade, and Kip Sabian. Uh, It was there. You know, like I said, we're just waiting for legit Trio's opponents to face off against the Acclaimed and Daddy Ass. That's just where we're at right now. You know, it was fun at the
1: very least. There was a match that happened. Uh, Yeah. That that definitely the match happened. Yep. uh moving on. You uh, even the, you even yawn telling the story of the match. That's how uninteresting that match was. There you go. I mean, very much.
0: It wasn't even the the two aren't serendipitous, but you know, you know, you can put two and two together. Uh, the Bang Bang Gang Bullet Club Gold come out. Austin Gunn, Colton Gunn, and Juice Robinson basically being like, you know, we're addressing the one they call the Devil. And you said, "Oh, you mean the people scumbag Max?" But you know the reason he jumped Jay is because you're scared, because you know you're about to suffocate with the switchblade when you breathe with the switchblade. And he called out Max. He comes out and does a lot of babyface stuff, basically being like, you know, calling Juice Robinson talentless taint. And you know it's okay. Listen. Um, then he gets the crowd chanting "ass boys" and "talentless taint" side by side. And it's like, uh, four-year anniversary of Dynamite. So I thought I'd list off some of my highlights. I whipped Cody Rhodes with a belt. I threw Chris Jericho nearly to his death off of a cage. Almost got us kicked off of TV when I called my boss a effing Mark. And like, listen, I know for a fact, throughout all of my highlights of me being a scumbag, I didn't attack your boy Jay White. But if you don't want to talk about it, I've got an idea. Let's have a Stockton Street fight right here, right now. As he walks up, Bullet Club Gold backs away, and then Jay White comes out and ambushes him, hits him with the Blade Runner, takes the AEW world title, the Triple B, and basically being like, I don't know what type of caliber athlete you're used to dealing with, but I'm a cut above. And you got the best of me last week, but you're not fooling anybody. We're not buying what you're selling. We know the real MJF is a pathetic, dirty liar, a slimely, gutless coward, and we need a truly elite champion and you are not him but listen you want me to prove me wrong put put it all on the line at full gear mjf versus J white for the aw world championship and he said i'm taking this belt basically and mjf's like "Nah, you're on full gear you and me for the aw world championship super excited for this match jay white like i said has absolutely been like a man reborn with Bullet Club Gold and AEW the entire group is outstanding and I think him versus MJF is going to be a banger
1: hey uh, uh, a story needs to be wrote a book or article or something about MJF's transformation from genius heel to dumbass Babyface. baby yep. the old MJF would have never let Jay White skip the line like this Never. never he was like oh you gotta fight these five people you have to go get me you have to go get me a golden egg from the goose uh you gotta go do a tick tock with chris statlander you gotta uh, thumb wrestle orange cassidy he would have made this long list of all these things jay white had to do to get to mjf mjf gets beat up one time the stupid face comes out of him. You're on. And the Stockton Street Fight, where he goes in to start a street fight with three people. Come on, where's MJ, MJF, Genius MJF? He's not jumping in the ring to fight against three people. He's not going to beat up three people. It's just how, how friends make you stupid is the story that AEW is telling you now.
0: Yeah, I mean...
1: <laughs> no, this is just pro wrestling. No I mean, wrestling company is free from the stupid babyface <laughs> trope. Yeah, it's like I, I it, you know, I get at this point it's just wrestling. I have yes. to point it out because it's one of those things that as a long time fan it just bangs at my head like, like this dude's like, come on. Come on. You, you no know, MJF's not gonna and the fact is I thought he was gonna try to be a different kind of good guy. And he wasn't. <laughs> he was the, he fell for the same thing all the rest of them fall for. And that was like it was disheartening. It was disheartening. I am all about Jay White in the main event of full gear. All about it. Fucking love Jay White. A Bullet Club Gold. Bang, bang, gang, guns up is amazing right now. And then it's this extra thing with uh Jay White being attacked by someone. Amazing. All of this is amazing, but goddamn it stupid MJF. I pissed Floyd off because it was just like No, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And he did it. He did it. Yep. Uh
0: moving on, we had uh basically uh uh Hook saying uh instead of uh Ray Phoenix versus Mox next week it should being uh Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix. Uh which he's just kind like oh, whatever. Uh, and we move over to Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega teaming up to face off against Konosuke Takeshita and Kyle Fletcher. Uh, and this was a really good match, I would say. This match was uh, definitely
1: match of the night, I would say. I mean, uh, they did... you look at the four men in this ring, and it was like, okay, you
0: knew it was going to be uh, yeah, like that, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Is like... Considering
0: there wasn't actually that many matches on this card, honestly, for for uh, like it was literally the the entire wrestling part of this show was carried by. Nick Jackson in, in Phoenix, which you know had
1: some tough mat- moments there, and this match, and yeah, you know, they did they, fucking they got, they got five maybe six weeks to a pay per view. They got to get going a little bit, yeah. They got to <laughs> get some
0: segments going, yeah. So it's very clear why they were doing that, but uh, yeah, this was absolutely outstanding. This was a really good match, um, and Kenny Omega. I loved that the the team up for Kyle Fletcher hit with the Codebreaker, then moved into the One Winged Angel, which was awesome, uh, but then after Jericho and Omega get the win, Powerhouse Hobbs comes, jumps Jericho and Omega, knocks them down as Don Callis smiles from ear to ear, and we have a new member of the Don Callis family.
1: I... I went nuts. Actually yelling in the phone at JR how excited I was. This is the perfect pairing. Oh, my God. Uh, Will Hobbs, Team Taz was great. The QTV thing I didn't really like. This with a real manager, a real mouthpiece, Will Hobbs gets to be a real monster. And I, he had the black gloves on, and maybe I'm seeing into it. Too. I feel like that's a shout out to Bad News Brown, who it used has. to wear the wear the black gloves when he was beating people up. He used to wear the black glove when he was beating people up. And he came out there, ran through him, and I was like, "Okay, like the Don Callis family was taking a little too bit too long to develop in my mind. Maybe it's my 2023 impatience, but oh my god, and they added Will Hobbs. I'm like, give me a Don Callis family shirt now. I need to, I need a, a family shirt now because you you got Big Willie in there and letting him just be the monster he is." with Callus as the mouthpiece destruction that's the new book of Hobbs and he destroyed everybody oh my god I was so excited like yes yes Will Hobbs is finally in the role he's supposed to be in
0: yeah no it was great um I'm very happy to see Hobbs be in a position like this I hope he gets a moment to shine in there and yeah again it's just getting the Don Callis family really established that I like because i think it just needs you just need to be able to, if you're going to do this faction you gotta make sure it's established and you have like some legit force and some numbers to it so yeah i thought this was cool and yeah this like i said this was the best match of the show uh for dynamite um ooh, actually mm, mm, you know what uh i'll talk about one other thing though moving afterwards there was a backstage segment which um MJF was basically being like, you know what? Oh, man, it's like, you know, after what happened, me getting jumped and all that. It'd be easier to pill to swallow if, you know, if Adam was here. Um, Max Caster comes in, sneaks up, and starts rubbing his shoulders, uh, which also, shout out on 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 this on that, uh, on I forgot to mention, too, on a Wrestle Dream when Adam Cole asks for a girl to rub his shoulders. A guy reaches over to start doing it, and Max throws his arm off of him. He tries to go again, and then uh, the security goes over and then proceeds to move him back. And I'm just like, oops, ouchies. And I guess security needed to be backstage when Max tried to do the exact same thing. And he's literally just like, MJF goes to the caster and he's like, dude, stop stalking me. You're doing weird shit on Twitter. Like, leave me alone. And Max is just like, you know, he's it's so good. Max and Max Connection, dude. Make it happen. Dude, make it happen
1: dude this was my favorite thing on the show like <laughs> I, I i didn't think it was going to beat will Hobbs, but this was my favorite thing on the show uh, i don't know that I, far but that it was no no great. no it, it was because it's been playing out for years years max cast years max Caster has been calling mjf a friend saying all the like the like the way too far sexual stuff on twitter and it is like mjf has basically just completely no sold. Them. Never commented on it ever. And then you got in the bag and, 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 and like a uh, Max gets in there and starts rubbing the shoulders and I'm like, what's even going to be funnier is when MJF is going to have to tag with the claim with the Bullet Club gold cuz it's obvious it's 4 on 4. It just seems obvious that it's coming. And it's so good. Like I like, you know, I could sometimes do with and or without comedy stuff, but the MJF max caster stuff with him sexually harassing mjf the whole time oh my god that gold gold no platinum platinum someone already has the gold it's platinum max so let's go with that it's platinum like this is amazing oh my god i I was dying i i have told so many people i'm like man if you've ever been in a locker room you've ever been around friends of like that's kind of how some guys just mess with each other. I'm not saying every guy does it, but that's how some guys mess with each other. And it's just oh, yeah. like, so watching Max do it. And this thing that has been playing out for years online actually becomes a part of Canon. Amazing. God, who does this? This is crazy. He calls him his boyfriend and his husband and you know, all those things. And like, even if you just scroll back this week, Lots and lots of sexual jokes towards MJF, just over a and lot. over. MJF is not allowed to post without Max replying with something sexual about it. So yeah. I am looking forward to this. How he says, you, "Like you're creepy," and they're really aggressive. I'm like, God, I love it. I love it. I'm like, I y- y'all don't see hear me enjoying so much something so much, but because I get a kick out of it every time Max Caster posts, I get a kick out of it, and it's like. Now that it's playing out on screen, I, you, I couldn't ask for anything more than this.
0: Right. Um, no, and um, yeah, I, I, I loved it so much too. Um, but earlier in the night on Dynamite, there was a segment with uh, star Tony Storm. and She's freaking out on RJ, RJ City. Um, eventually, RJ calls her Timeless, and that's when she decides she's going to go by Timeless Tony Storm. And I would sell my kidney for any time whatsoever to spend with Tony Storm. I love this woman. This She is fucking fantastic. Uh, Tony Storm is like straight up, dude. I, I love what she's doing. You mix, mix in a little bit of Chelsea Green's uh, like character work with the, the hot mess. The yeah. hot mess, yeah mixing in a little bit of that a little bit of the Miz's uh you know a list celebrity kind of shit and then of course the calling back to uh Marilyn Monroe shit i mean she's fucking incredible um also give some shout out to sky blue in this match I'm, i love that like julia hart's miss thing is a thing that consistently cuz i noticed it trust me i noticed it with her eyes i saw that she had the black around her eyes a little bit. It was a little bit faded, but you it was there and she wasn't acting all smiley and all that kind of stuff throughout the entire match. So I'm just saying, I, I noticed these small little things. And they just posted a picture too of her and Willow. Her and Willow both had the black around their eyes. I like it a lot. Like I said, you give me a badass Julia Hart faction, I I will not give I will not look twice at it. I love that idea. Um but Tony Storm, dude, I just can't get over this girl. Uh her Literally looking down the lens, being like, and now a word from our very, very important sponsors as they go to picture in picture. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, and it, during... it,
1: it, Excalibur's oh, like uh, the great kick to commercial there. I don't even have to do it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then during that picture in picture, it was tweeted out as people were able to have the full video. She literally goes like, tit slap and slaps Tony Storm right on her boobs. And I'm just looking at this and I'm just being like, there's a reason why this show is uh, got the rated R superstar on it now, I realize. And it's
1: They're not because Adam R. Copeland.
0: Not because Adam Copeland. This is the real rated R shit. I'm just like, fucking hell. Um, dude,
1: they dance on that TV-14 line. They dance oh, on it real hard. They dance. They mm-hmm. jump over and back, over and dude, back, dude, over dude. and back. But yeah, JR was pointing out, that you that she had the old timey gear in the boots on? That's what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. dude. She was
0: literally just wearing a bra. Like yes. it was, it was like a skimpy, like I said, like it was the same thing when I saw she was wearing like the, the nightgown yes. in her first promo that she was doing that kind of stuff, that character with. And she goes, like, like, look at me. And her like nightgown opens up and she's just basically wearing a bra. And I'm like, dog, holy shit, you got to calm down. I can't control myself right now. I'm like, I'm a mess. Uh, you need to calm but, uh, down, boy. Calm
1: that's down. That's what I'm
0: saying, dude. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and then she proceeds. I love the. It's time for my close up, and it does the extreme close up, full on like Wayne's World on her face, and she looks like psychotic, like when she's looking up into the skies, and her eyes are almost rolling in the back of her head. You know, like
1: you know what she reminds me of as a person, uh, Goldust.
0: A little bit. There's a little bit of gold dust in there, too. A little too. bit I, of
1: gold I, dust right there. Yeah,
0: she, but again, the character work is outstanding. The moment when Sky Blue knocks her down and she's literally grabbing on her butt, I'm like, you have to calm down, Tony. Yeah. You have to calm down. Yes. Uh, yeah, that, that
1: that literally went viral. I know. Her, her, I know. Her and the Sky Blue, yeah. I was Whoa. like, Tony
0: living out all of our dreams, basically. <laughs> and then... Uh, Eventually, Tony Storm hits the hip attack, gets Storm Zero, pins uh, Sky Blue, and she's just, oh. I I demand what I'm going to do if I go to an AEW show that Tony Storm's wrestling in and she wins a match. I'm bringing roses to throw into the ring. I'm bringing roses to throw in the ring. Because I just like it. You like me. You really, really like me. Like, I just want to go full... Like they, they should do that. Like hand out roses for when she wrestles, and then just have fans throw them into the ring. It'd be an amazing image.
1: It would be an amazing image. Like I, I dig it because you know Tony Storm and, has always been a great wrestler, right? Yes. And she's now showing the character side of her, and, it's, and that's the thing like, too. She's it's phenomenal like this, at it.
0: Yeah, she's that's the thing too. It's like again, this character, it's not heavily original like i said there's a lot that she's pulling from but she's making it her own at the same time but the thing that works the best with characters like this that are like inspired by other wrestlers inspired by other forms of media that are not heavily original and also kind of ridiculous you need to give it every last bit of effort in order to get this thing over and tony storm is doing everything like she is like absolutely committing a thousand percent into this and I, and she pulls it off effortlessly, effortlessly. And like, I was hyped when they signed her. Um, and like, I knew she was great. And she was just the badass blonde girl that could easily be the baby face that you'd have, like go rough shot on the uh, women's division to hold your top title, which she did for a little bit. Um, but this character work, dude, is on another level. And I love it i was a little worried when she left the outcast that she might get lost in the shuffle not even the case she is fantastic and i'm just waiting for the moment where she eventually meets up with her, the uh, the outcast members when she gets a match against Sorea when she gets a match against ruby soho and i want to see just how her outcast friends look at her and be like this girl's lost the plot
1: yeah no it's uh no it's brilliant it's brilliant it's yeah. everything is right yeah, that and
0: honestly, like I said, as I, I said that uh the the golden the Chris Jericho, Omega Konosuke and Fletcher was the best match of my of the night. This was my favorite match of the night, just because of the implications and the character work and just like th- this was my favorite match of the night, I would say. I had to say. And it's not because I'm simping for Tony Storm. So get that out of your head. Um but I mean, moving
1: on. There, there's a little simp in there. A little,
0: a little bit, a little but, it's bit. The, <laughs> but it's not the but it's not any reason. It's not the main reason, okay? So throw that out. Uh, But moving on, we close out the show with the rated R superstar making his dynamite debut, Adam Copeland, coming out and basically being like, listen, rewind, 2011. I'm told I can't do this again, and we're in 2023, and I am standing in an AEW ring. And he talked about how the AEW World Championship would look good around his waist talking about first time ever dream matches Adam Copeland John Moxley Adam Copeland Kenny Omega versus Miro versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Juice Robinson's that's all amazing reasons to be exciting challenging himself 31 years into his career and main reason he came though and he said I've already said it before and this will be the last time I said to my daughter I was like should I retire and lyric like should I like call it quits and she said you should go have fun with uncle Jay and he calls out Christian Cage. And the TNT champion walks down to the ring. And Adam Copeland goes, like, 40 years we've been best friends. But it was this industry that made us realize that we'd be best friends for life. And why I did those things to at WrestleDream to Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus, and I even though I know a lot about you, I still love you. That's not going to go away. But I saw you standing over Sting, a guy whose poster you took to the barber to put on the mirror so he could give you the same haircut. And I saw you standing over the sting, a man who's entertained people for four decades. My wife's parents couldn't speak English, but they love sting. And he's like, Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne are going to drop you like a bad habit as soon as they sucked all the information from your brain. And you're so egotistical that you can't see it. But Jay, it's time. The first time since 2011, for the first time for properly in over 20 years, we need a team together again to face a team like FTR, to face a team like the Young Bucks, to show an entire generation of fans why we are inarguably one of the greatest tag teams of all time. So I'm out here asking you, let's do it. Let's end our careers together as a team and show them all what we can do. Christian Cage looks at him, hugs Adam Copeland, proceeds to say, don't let AEW's website fool you. I'm reading it on their uh, results page. They're lying. Christian Cage goes into the microphone and just says straight up, go fuck yourself. What, is, what does the thing say it says? It says go to hell.
1: No, no, no.
0: Like, what's this PG bullshit? He said go fuck yourself. And I was blown away. And listening to it uncensored was, oh my god. And Christian walks out and it says, here's a reminder of what you got on Tuesday, live on Dynamite. And Luchasaurus walks out with Nick Wayne by his side, and they all stare down at Adam Copeland. And there was a little moment of after the show where they got into his face, and Christian got spears on Christian, on uh, Nick Wayne, and Luchasaurus, and was getting hyped. Uh, but oh my, here's here's the reason why this is so good, too. And I saw a lot of people share this same sentiment with me. Um, and I, I want to bring this up, too. Edge and Christian, as we all know, one of the greatest tag teams in the history of pro wrestling. However, comma, I don't think it's at all hyperbole, and I think it's pretty much agreeable that throughout the, most of their entire careers, Edge has been looked at as the main guy. Christian has always been the lackey. No one really saw Christian as the same level as Edge. And they've wrestled each other before, and you know they've always had stuff going on together, and they've in, been involved with stuff. But Edge was number one. Christian was number two. So there was always a limit on how much you could truly care about a feud between these two. It's different this time. For the first time in their multi-year career of being friends and being in this industry, they feel like they are on equal levels in this feud. Obviously, Adam Copeland, legendary wrestler. Done so much. The new hot star in AEW and... I mean, he's the rated R fucking super superstar. I mean, there's no there's no question about it. But Christian is a man reborn. This is a man who is absolutely like just taken that top heel spot and just ran with it. Like he said, I'm being the top heel in this company, and you aren't stopping Amy. No one can be better than me in this. And he's shown it time and time again. So with what Christian Christian has been doing the best work of his entire career in AEW. And Adam Copeland coming off an outstanding final run in WWE and now getting his first shot outside of WWE in decades, facing off against the man that, like, I mean, like, that's the thing. There's so unequal playing fields right now that this feud has the chance to be legendary. Like, that's why I'm so excited about this, is that for the first time, it's like, you know, Edge isn't the clear favorite. Adam Copeland isn't the clear favorite. Christian Cage could kill Adam and make his life hell. Because obviously I do think we are getting to the point where they do team together and we get that one last time. But oh God, the war that these two are going to go through is going to be must watch. And it's got me so so excited i especially love the jokes of just like you know christian doesn't have to do anything to just get you to be horrified he'll say oh your dad's dead and go fuck yourself and everyone will be like ah! it's, it's it's incredible you'll have multiple silico- you'll have these la- like long ass soliloquy villain heel promos by other wrestlers and christian will just be like you have a dead dad and you should go fuck yourself and he's the biggest
1: deal in the company So, this is is what I'll talk about. Edge was perfect. Edge did what he had to do. He did. But what sold it was Christian's expressions. Christian's expressions on his face as Edge was talking took you on a emotional roller coaster. Like It took you, oh, I don't care what you're saying, to oh, maybe that's a good point. Oh, that sounds like fun. Oh, maybe you should do that. Oh, maybe you're right. And at the end, with his expressions, he has taken you to the top of the roller coaster you have taken that edge to the top of the roller coaster even me a seasoned wrestling fan you were seasoned was like well maybe this doesn't end exactly like i think it's gonna end right he then pulls him in and hugs him and we got this emotional moment your heart is full you almost got a tear welled up in your eyes go fuck yourself all of that goes away i fucking hate you you fucking loser i kill you Three words. It wasn't just the three words. You have to look at everything he's doing, how he's standing, how his face is changing. The whole time Edge is talking, he takes you on this emotional, like, roller coaster just with his expressions. Yep. He gets you to the top of the roller coaster and you're ready to go. Stick your hands up and go, wee. And he said, fuck you, you don't get that. And breaks your heart. And he's like, oh, I knew you were such an asshole. And we were discussing it. It was like, you know, heels, faces, all that stuff. And I know some people find it cringy to use the wrestling terms. But they use the wrestling terms. They sell shirts with the wrestling terms on it. Whatever. Um, So I'm going to use the term. Right now. There are people that get more reactions or higher reactions as a bad guy in wrestling. The best heel in wrestling, as far as performance, work, whatever he's doing right now, is Christian Gage. Mm -hmm. The best. He knows exactly what to do to keep you from cheering for him. He's a legend. People want to cheer him. He's not going to let you. The turtleneck. The, the look on his face, the piercing look on his face, the claiming a title that wasn't his. Everything he does makes you want to see him get his ass kicked. That is what being a heel is. And I fucking love Christian right now. And I feel like he just completely stole Edge's moment because this is supposed to be uh, the declaration or whatever. And it's just like, oh, they're going to fight. Oh, they're going to fight. Edge versus Christian for the TNT title at what L- in LA? Maybe I don't know, but God dang it! I just wanted him to get his ass kicked after this, and this was like after saying, "Oh man, you did a good job." I was like, "Yeah, I want you to get beat up." God, it was it was perfect. It was perfect. It was perfect. And you know what? I could tell him that, and he looked me in my eyes and said, "Go to hell. I don't care what you think. You fucking Mark," and I would be okay with it. Yeah. For, re- <laughs> for
0: real dude i'm so fucking excited for this shit dude it's like you know it's just got me so ecstatic dude like this has got the chance to be like the feud of the year for uh aw and it's it's only getting started and this is gonna be so much fun i'm just so excited but that was aw dynamite uh four year anniversary so uh that's closing it out for our dynamite review and real quickly we'll go ahead and go through uh the stuff that we have uh quickly for uh, collision uh floyd do you have that uh pulled up by chance uh for uh uh i uh, got
1: rampage a couple matches. matches i got rampage okay. pulled up not collision okay all right so let me go through rampage
0: real quick for collision we will have timeless tony storm versus kira hogan i will mention so we got that which yes Please thank you very much. I like a lot.
1: Oh yeah, we got FTR versus uh, uh the Ricky Starks and a uh, big deal for the tag team titles after Ricky Starks pinned uh Dax last week. <sighs> yeah, so we
0: got that at the very least. So, and then uh, rampage we're gonna have uh, Johnny TV versus Commander versus Lince Dorado and uh, Penta El Zero Medo. T- Winner gets a shot at the Ring of Honor World Championship. With Eddie Kingston on commentary, which, you know, we just got Moxley on commentary, so we get this now. Uh, Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida team up to face Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir. Daddy Magic, Cool Hand Ange, Jake Hager, and Daniel Garcia. Basically, the Jericho Appreciation Society, all in but name, versus the Hardys and Best Friends. So, that's all on Rampage.
1: And uh, then, uh, Claudio and Wheeler versus two local guys, I'll say that. Yep. Yeah, that's going to be on the show, too. Yes,
0: and then of course, Title Tuesday, which is airing
1: next week on Dynamite, as yeah. AEW will be in. It's in Independence, Missouri. There is an outside chance I will be there if someone can come. There you with go. Me. So we have Title Tuesday, uh, and Loaded, NXT show.
0: and AEW Tuesday Night Showdown, yes. and these I two to... guys are going like like ham day.
1: ham. Um, Let's going. put
0: all of our cards on the table. I'm putting my I'm putting my dick on the table right now. We are going all crazy for this shit because I mean, it, WWE comes out being like, "Hi, John Cena on NXT, Paul Heyman on NXT, fucking all these guys on NXT. Cody Rhodes on NXT." It's just like, "Holy Jesus fucking Christ. Are we are we okay? Are we calm? We're not okay. like this is ridiculous." Um, but for Title Tuesday for AEW a number one contendership match for the TNT Championship. Swerve Strickland versus Brian freaking Danielson. So that's a thing. Uh, the AEW International Championship. Ray Phoenix versus John Moxley. Uh, so we get a rematch there as Moxley tries to get revenge after he was concussed. Uh, and then we get Powerhouse Hobbs versus Chris Jericho. And then we get Jay White versus Hangman Adam Page. It's like, and we get Soraya versus Hikaru Ishida for the AEW Women's World Championship fucking age.
1: Dude, I mean, pure wrestling show, AEW, professional wrestling show, AEW blows NXT out of water. But John Cena and Cody Rhodes are some huge names. Oscar's yeah. wrestling, uh, Asuka's wrestling Roxanne Perez. Becky Lynch is the NXT Women's Champion, so more than likely she's going to be at the show. You look at it, it's like, AEW went with Here's a lot of banger matches. This is big. Ba- I mean, if you look at AEW's title Tuesday, it's a pay per view. Yeah. If that, no, for was, real, if that I, that's was the thing, because it, if that was it the doesn't lineup even feel
0: from... like NXT, though. Like, it yeah. doesn't even feel like developmental. It's like literally they're just trying to do SmackDown on Tuesday.
1: Yes. But I will say this in complete fence of WWE, it's their time slot. Sure. Absolutely. AEW is the Invaders. WWE they are, def- they are defending WWE. their time slot. Yes. Yes. WWE is not counter programming AEW because WWE this is their time slot. Are they throwing everything at it? Absolutely. But they're their desperation yeah, showing. Yes. But they're doing nothing wrong.